Baseball is 90% mental, and the other half is physical. While Yogi Berra is clearly a dipshit, he is right about one thing. Baseball is a physical game, and there isn't a more successful physical baseball player in the 80s than Donnie Baseball himself, Don Mattingly. Today, we transport ourselves to July 18th, 1987, to watch Don Mattingly hit a home run in his eighth straight game, a record that still stands today in a three-way tie with some good company. Together, we'll watch almost the whole ball game. How are we doing, Blakers? I'm I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm titillated and thrilled, and I'm ready for Mr. Electricity himself, Donnie Baseball. Well, let's get right into it. I don't see why we have to to prolong this any longer. the the The, the setup here is pretty simple. The previous seven games, Don Mattingly has hit a home run, and we're going into the eighth game at the ballpark in Arlington uh, on another hot July night with uh, one hell of a hell of a crowd in there, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we have forty one thousand strong, and and like it's a fucking Cowboys game or something down there. Um, I guess they probably have a few more than that, but uh, yeah, we're back in Arlington once again, another hot summer night, but. The uh, the smell in the air is a little different this time. We're we're in 1987. It's a it's a little smokier, perhaps. Um, maybe a little more of the smell of the hops and the barley in the air, and the sweat of the Texas stank as it comes rolling off of the fucking uh, field here in Arlington. But yeah, Donnie Baseballs went deep seven games in a row. He's looking to do it for the eighth time. Um, and we'll see what happens, I suppose. I was ignorant to this, and I asked you right before we came on the air um, who he's tied with. Because I know this is a record that still stands today. Um, but uh, who are the other two that have this record now? Let's see. We, we Donnie tied Mr. Dale Long. Um, Never heard of her. Yeah, yeah. Um, handsome lady. Uh, in 1956. And then... After Donnie ties that in 87, six years later, the, uh, uh, to me, the, I'll fucking say it, I, the greatest baseball player I saw in my lifetime, uh, King Griffey Jr. He ties, ties the record in 93. So I, if he wouldn't have got hurt, I think he probably wouldn't have went down as the best ever. I don't disagree with that. Uh, I mean, there's just, there's so many intangibles. We know, we all know that I'm a Frank Thomas guy, but there's so many intangibles that, that, that Ken had that Frank just didn't. I mean, Ken was quick. He was actually a good fielder, you know, and, and Frank is just a big body at first base. Um, just, uh, incredibly impressive human being. And we'll get to Ken, I'm sure at some point here. Do you, are you familiar with, uh, what Ken's preferred method of teeth extraction was? (laughs) You know, Frank, how how would Frank do it? Could you remind us? I, I I'm sorry. I I'm completely blanking. What are you What are you asking me? Frank Thomas. When, when he's gonna is he gonna take your teeth out in in traffic? Perhaps. <laughs> you're you're talking. You're comparing the two men. I'm wondering what Griffey does when he gets fucked around with Gabe. Does Does Junior come up and say, "Hey, it's time to sell this score, buddy." No, you know, you know what I think. I don't think he's not the he's not the strong, silent type like Frank, okay. where it's it's very in your face and you know grabbing your jowls and kicking you in the gut and you know and stomping on your jaw on the way back to the car without really saying much of anything. I think Ken 
is a bit more of a hothead. Uh, oh. I think, I think you rear end him in traffic. He pops the trunk. He grabs the bat. He busts your your driver's side window out. Hopefully, getting a piece of your cheek in the in the in the the action. And if he doesn't get you that time, he pulls you out and he he lays you out pretty hard. Like, but he does it in a pretty measured way, if that makes sense. He's a hothead, but he likes to get his rocks off um, by by actually hurting people. So he starts with the fingers. Like he's he, gonna he, like is he gonna tee you up and then put that sweet swing on you? See, I think w- what he starts with, he gets you on the ground. Uh-huh. He takes, he takes. I'm not sure why he's wearing cleats in this scenario, but he is. Sure. Uh, he he stomps on your wrist, right, with uh-huh. the cleats to keep your wrist down, and then he takes the bat like he's going to churn butter, uh-huh. right, and he just pops every single finger on your left hand first, and then your right hand. You're prone at this point. You're completely laid out on the ground. Your 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 wrist bone is coming through the skin at the at the base of your arm, and so you're kind of going into shock. So at this point, he starts working on the ankles, right? Sure. So you're yeah. down. You're not going anywhere really because you're you're just you're so out of sorts that Ken Griffey Jr. is beating the piss out of you with a baseball bat in traffic smashes the back of your ankle. So, you know, clearly targeting the Achilles on both of your feet. And then, uh, at, uh, you know, he makes sure that when he hits the, the, the second ankle, your right ankle, uh, he, he smashes that Achilles, but he's also taking bits off the end of the wooden bat. So it's getting a little bit sharper at the end, you know, there are some pieces there at which point he puts his left cleat on your lower back, making it a little bit easier to access your ass. And then he, again, like he's churning butter straight directly into the the small of your back, really the top of your ass crack right there. And he, he continues to do it until he sees the blood start to pool at the base of your pants. Oh God. He, he takes his foot off. He turns over his right shoulder, looks you in the eye and says, fuck you. I'm Ken Griffey Jr. And gets back in his car and drives away. That's exactly what I heard. Yeah. No, it's a it's a it's a thing. He he ran into some trouble. It's the reason that the Mariners got rid of him originally. Oh, I I hadn't heard that. But. Yeah, it's. I mean, look, Cincinnati will take anybody. That's true. Yes. Yeah. It, you know, um, I thank you for that. I appreciate that. Very, very vivid description. I, at the end there, I, you know what I thought you were going to say? Mm. He says to them, "Hi, I'm Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> and this is Major League Baseball." I mean, look it, in my head. That's what I heard, and I uh-huh. should have gone that direction. It would have been. It would have been. It would have made playing uh, even the uh, the ripoff version on on the show uh, <laughs> a lot more fun. I tell you that. Uh, oh yeah, that 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 thing. Let's not even yikes. Uh, but yes, um, King Griffey Junior. did tie the record in '93. <laughs> so 
That's uh, we only went on a five minute diversion talking about how Ken Griffey Jr. behaves in oh. in, in traffic jams. Um, Where were we going at, after that, Gabe? I, let, let's I tee it up. Let's tee it up. I know you got a lot of research for us. So yeah, get yeah. Us, get us to July seventh, July eighteenth. Yeah, July eighteenth, nineteen eighty seven. Let's yes. get to the day and 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 talk about all of the major players, and, mm-hmm. and hopefully we also get to. Uh, to the kisser of the week at some point as well. Oh, absolutely. Yes. We're going to take a look at Donnie baseball himself. And then we have a special treat for our our kisser of the week that um, I just, I can't wait to to put the lipstick on. Um, So we're here. The reason for us being today, uh, Donald Arthur Mattingly born April 20th, 1961 in Evansville, Indiana. Um, Donnie, the youngest of five children of Bill and Mary Mattingly. Um, do you happen to know what Bill did for a living, Gabe? Not a clue. He was a mailman. Yes, he, he was. A, yes, he was. He delivered. He had a work ethic that would one day rub off on his youngest son. Uh, Mary raised the boys. Uh, Jerry, the oldest son, who happened to uh, die in a construction accident at age 23. So, Jerry Mattingly, rest in peace. Rest in peace. And then we have Randy, Michael, Judy, and Donnie rounding out the family. Donnie being the youngest of all the children. Um, Donnie started playing baseball um, with his his introduction to it being the backyard wiffle ball games. And he talks about uh, how he, uh, you know, this just gives you a look into the electricity that is one Don Mattingly when he says, I can't imagine what my parents must have been thinking with that wiffle ball banging around against the metal door every two minutes. What a what a terribly troubled childhood he seems to have had. Look, you know what? We'll talk about it later. That's what we'll <laughs> just talk about later. Love it. So, um, Donnie moves on to high school where he goes to, uh, Reitz Memorial high school and he stands out in three sports there. I do have one, uh, little interesting fact for you. Did you know that Donnie baseball was ambidextrous? Say it ain't so. Mm-hmm. Really? I think there's a very strong possibility that man can jack off smoothly with both hands. Well, look, I'm less concerned about his masturbatory habits and more concerned about how he, Beats the piss out of people in traffic. Maybe one day we'll we'll discover Ooh. we'll discover He's, how that goes. The left and the right equally deadly. Yeah, like does he um, go to the passenger side? That's a real good question. He is left-handed. You know, perhaps in England he does it the opposite way. You know, because they drive on the other side and all that shit. <laughs> oh. Wesley, you bring me my baseball bat. I couldn't have set that up any better. Like, I don't know you, perhaps in England, indeed. Wow. I, uh, Wesley, do bring me my Donny baseball sideburns. <laughs> um, where were we? Donnie's in high school, okay? So. He is the starting quarterback on the football team, the star point guard on the basketball team, and obviously playing some some baseball there. Um, Donnie, I think it's safe to say he was probably 
getting some of that tang back in high school, being that that uh, the big man on campus, the BMOC, if you will. Look, I, I can speak, I can tell you from experience, being uh, brought up in a high school in Indiana, mm-hmm. uh, if you play three sports, uh, and in my high school's instance, two sports, because we didn't have football, as you recall, uh, you were absolutely the only person getting any uh, significant pussy uh, in that high school. There's no question. Don, Don Mattingly, plus... You know what? End of his career. Don't let it fool you. Don Manning is a hell of a good-looking boy. Good-looking guy. He's a handsome man. I can yeah. say that. He's, yeah. he's got a very, I mean, he is a man of the 80s. He's a cut of the same jib of a Magnum TA, if you will. Absolutely. That push broom is doing some work underneath that nose of his, too. I'll tell you what. Look, there's 57 separate DNA samples in that mustache, and that's just in the last month since he's fucking washed it. Okay. 57 different samples, and it's all fucking stanky pussy. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're wondering what Blake means, is he means that Don Mattingly likes to eat pussy. Mm. Probably licks ass, too, while he's down there. I mean, if it's, I mean, it's right there. Just saying. Probably depends on the hygiene of the woman, I would imagine. But anyway. I imagine there's some pine tar in there, too, but. Wesley, bring me my rosin bag. (laughs) Um, along with his father, Mattingly said that his biggest influence with respect to his work ethic was his high school baseball coach, Quentin Merkel, who was always pushing Mattingly to get better. Coach would say to me, if you are the best player in the region, you should try to become the best in the state, Mattingly said. If you're the best in the state, then you start thinking about being the best in the country. That ethic to always get better helped me in the minor leagues when I was fighting for jobs. Again, electric shit from Don, okay? So, this takes us to 1979. Don is selected by the Yankees in the 19th round of the MLB draft. So, let that sink in. And Again, the- though, I'm, I'm back to it. I harped on it last week, and you might have fast-forwarded through it because it was boring. But, God, baseball drafts are stupid as fuck. Like, it's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, some of these guys get drafted, like, three or four years in a row by different teams. Yeah, it, it look, it doesn't make a lot of fucking sense to me either. And it, it just, it seems so just fucked up that I've never really wanted to even invest in, like, understanding it because it's just going to piss me off. <laughs> yes. Really? Like, exactly. that's basically yes. it. Um. But yeah, like, you know, you see and and high fucking draft picks too. So like, you know, some of these guys get taken fourth, fifth, and then they don't sign. And the team's just, you know, they're fucked out of a first round pick. And then they get like, you know, like they get the, you know, 17th pick or some kind of bullshit compensation sandwich pick thing next year. But yeah, like it, and it's just, I, I don't understand. Like, it's so fucking weird how, there isn't any sport that wildly fucking misses on their draft picks more than baseball. And it's all the team. So I'm sure there's very good reason to it. And, you know, it's a difficult game to try to figure out how to project. Cause it takes guys so fucking long to get to the majors and shit. And they don't just go straight there. But um, yeah, the, the major league drafts fucking maddening. 
Yeah. So uh, to those of you out there in Major League Baseball that are listening, and we, we know you are, and you have some pull in figuring out how to fix this fucking draft thing in Major League Baseball, go ahead and do that. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. that's safe to say. We, um, that is our will. Go do it. Um, <clears throat> so Donnie toils around in the minors, you know, I'm sure riding the buses, uh, riding the asses, doing all the things you do, minor league baseball in the fucking 70s. Um, makes his debut in 1982. Then he kind of goes up and down with 83. Um, Gets off to a very, very hot start in 1984, and I would like to point out a consistency from last week. Donnie gets off to a hot start, and he says it's because he went down to fucking Puerto Rico for some winter ball, Gabe. I think we're going to notice a trend here. I think you might be right. I, well, look, it's it's like anything else, right? Uh, it's <laughs> you. Uh, I mean, you we listen it, to Pac. You, you get more reps in, uh, then you're likely going to get better faster, right? So if you're playing, if you're playing all year round, mm-hmm. regardless of where it is that you're playing, um, then you're probably going to end up on the the winning side of the equation. However, I also will stand by uh, my assertion that likely the uh, the real the real needle mover here was the magic pussy in Puerto Rico. I would say the magic pussy. And I'm going to go out on a limb and maybe there are some substances in Puerto Rico that are a little easier to get than in America that could possibly enhance your performance. I mean, especially in 84. I'm going to agree with you while also uh, letting you know that Puerto Rico is part of America. Oh, God damn it. It is, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You racist fuck. No, come on. It's like a fucking province, right? Something like that. Some bullshit. A commonwealth or a, a territory, Whatever. maybe yeah. a territory. I think it's Something. a territory. It's not yeah. a fucking state, is it? No, it's not. Can we, I'll trade it for Florida. How about that? Done and done. Get rid of Florida. Cut that fucker off. Stick Puerto Rico on the end, and we'll call it good. I'm good with that. I'm and glad we've agreed. We're really getting shit done this week. That's what I, that's what I'm most excited about. How long? What, what are we like? Fucking 18 minutes in this, we fixed the draft, and we've fucking fixed good portion of America just by getting rid of Florida. So mm-hmm. that could really set things on a good path. So I like that. Um, but back to Donnie. So, you know, we do have to get to the ballpark eventually. Uh, makes the first, his first all-star team in 1984. Again, coming off that hot start, makes the all-star team, uh, wins a batting title, his first batting title. We also get the 1984 Donruss, Don Mattingly rookie card. The hottest fucking card that was around, and I'll tell you this, I lived it until that fucking Conseco in 86 came out, the Donruss rated rookie, and then after the Conseco, it was the Griffey upper deck. But before all that shit, it was the Don Mattingly Donruss. That was the hot fucking card, man. Yeah, he looks, this in this card, uh, he he looks like somebody, and it's going to come to me before the end of the, the, the show, I promise you, but somebody, like some movie star now and i can't really put my finger on it but you can see his chin dimple he's got like the the real like that that sexy stubble thing going on yeah uh yeah. and that, like like he's looking through like squinted eyes a little bit of what's his name from goonies uh uh the guy who played thanos josh uh Rowan? 
a little bit of Josh Brolin in there, maybe. Looks like a cross between Steve Zahn and Vince McMahon to me. Steve Zahn. That's a good one. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. There is Steve, some Steve Zahn there. Steve yeah. Zahn and Vinnie Mac. The chin. Not bad. I actually have that Conseco card. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I I have, since I was a kid. Yeah, it was like my Oh, prim- you had it then. My uncle, my uncle gave it to me. Wow. Uh, I, I was probably was probably eight or ten, so he had had it for I don't know, four or five, maybe six years when he gave it to me. But wow. you know, that big A's at the top, man. It's just it's so great. That 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 I tell you, man, that card is fucking huge. Like I look, I I went and I had all I wanted all those cards so bad and I I I just I couldn't afford them as a kid and we didn't have money. <laughs> But yep. god damn it, I fucking bought them all and I got every one of those sons of bitches I wanted and they're sitting in a fucking box, okay? So what does that's that say? It. What the that's fuck it. is that? It's I, it's I got what I wanted. I wanted it my whole life. I needed it and I put them in a fucking box and put them away. It's kind of poetic, isn't it? Yep. It's a little like baseball. It's a lot like baseball. Life's like baseball. Life's like submission wrestling. Anyway, <clears throat> Donnie, uh, Donnie wins a gold glove in 85 and an MVP award. Um, the Yankees still suck, though, so um, they're not doing too well. I, you know, we, we kind of, we lived it on the back half, but, you know, the, there was a, when I'm first coming into baseball, the Yankees aren't exactly something to write home about. Um, they kind of suck, and they're spending a lot of money, and Steinbrenner is just a crazy asshole and all that shit. Um, but they bring in Ricky Henderson after 85 to help Donnie out. Donnie gets second in the MVP voting in 86. But then, um, yeah, his, his 84 through, man, 86, 87, he is about as good as anybody in the fucking game. Like he he's insane. Uh, but in 87, his, his back issues start up that would plague him for the rest of his career. And um, he has two protruding discs and there is a story that is refuted um, by Mr. Mattingly himself. Um, he, he does spend five days in traction in the hospital with his back issue, but um, that's, is that in New Jersey traction? Yes. Um, <laughs> Got it. And he, uh, but the, the story is that him and teammate Bob Shirley were playfully wrestling in the clubhouse. And that's how Don's back got thrown out. So the boys fucking around in the clubhouse wrestling. And, but Donnie says that's not how it happened. He actually hurt his back working in his home. I don't know. Robert Charles Shirley. Let's uh, take a look at it. Like, looks like he might have, uh, he might he might have thrown a a a, a decent a decent uh, uh, body slam or you know something along those lines. He's a beefy boy. Oh yeah, here we go. Former Cardinal as well. Uh huh. He's Cardinal, former Cardinal Padre. Padre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Let's see what Bob he's looking Shirley. like in the Yankees. Yeah, oh, well, Bob's Jeez. a lefty. He's a lefty. He's a pitcher. Okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I would say he's probably 
It's not in here, but I don't know, 225, 230? I could see I mean, Bob uh, trying to do some amateur-style takedown maneuvers. Hey, Donnie, you want to fucking wrestle, buddy? <laughs> so here's what happened. Here's what happened. They were they were goofing around. He took him down at the knees, and uh, Don went backwards and hit his lower back on one of those benches in the middle of the uh, the clubhouse. Just uh-huh. caught him. The corner just caught him right there and herniated them sons of bitch and discs just that quick. I thought you were going to tell me he fell on a fucking casket. <laughs> um, didn't didn't really look like it hurt him, but it, it was it was pretty pretty internal, pretty pretty deep. Changed the trajectory of his career. Um. So anyway, but he comes back hot. Okay, so Donnie comes back because he's got a little motivation because he's not going to get fucking Wally pipped by our <laughs> old friend, Mister Danny Pasqua. Mm-hmm. Dan's putting that heat on Don and Don says, oh shit, I got to get my shit together or this mustache ain't going to be stanky no more. So Donnie comes back, gets hot, um, ends up going on the, uh, the home run streak as well as the six grand slams. That is a record sets a record, six grand slams in a season that breaks the record previously held by Mr. Cub himself, Ernie Banks who had a uh, five. Um, and then we get to 1990 where Donnie becomes the highest paid player in the game of baseball and baseball history um, with a five year, $19 million deal. So <laughs> what year was this? 1990. All right. So that's, that's 1990. Let's, you said five years, 19 million. Uh, yep. All right, so we're highest gonna paid in the game takes out uh, Mark Langston. Naturally, <laughs> thank you. Naturally, uh, let's see here. All right, so let's just assume it's the entire uh, the entirety uh, of the nineteen million. Does it say what uh, month this happened in? Uh, well, I would assume before the season, so let's call it February. Let's let's call it February of 1990. $19 million in August, in, in, uh, September of 2023. (laughs) Please use values less than 10 million. That's great. All right. Fuck me, right? Uh, so let's making up our own fucking rules here. Nine million five hundred thousand, and then we'll double it. How does that sound? I think that's that's the best way to do it. A bunch of assholes. Uh, bunch of assholes. All uh, right. Uh, we've got. Yeah, it's a uh, forty-five million. Wow. Over that... five years, and so it, it completely pales in comparison. Clearly, the bar has been raised far too high. What's the richest contract in MLB history now? It's got to be. Oh, it's what? over five hundred million. Right? Yeah, like, I and mean, I mean, they're talking about Shohei getting a, his next contract being seven fifty or better. Yeah, well, I think his arm had something to say about that. Well, you know what I mean. He would have absolutely yeah, that motherfucker would have got probably a I don't know fifty 
million, sixty million a year or something probably, ridiculous. Honestly, probably deserves it for the for the right team. It just makes sense to to to, to sign that guy. But look, if you're gonna look board. at it all on a scale or whatever, then yeah, like sure. But the the fucking it's ridiculous. I mean, my god, how much? I don't know. At some point, I stopped understanding how money worked because, like, how much fucking money is out in the goddamn world now? Like, if people are just getting... It's amazing how they could pay somebody, one person, that much, and it's like, how much does one fucking team really make? Because nobody knows that because they keep that shit hidden. Well, it's really interesting, right? Because, like, I'm I'm a history guy, and back, you know, when you had all these warring cultures... Uh, the reason they were warring was because of a, a theory called mercantilism. And mercantilism said that there was a set amount of money available in the world. And that's just all there is to it, right? Because economies hadn't really come into play at that point, not in the sense that we have them with budgets and, you know, treasuries. And, you know, we're all making up our own numbers and all of that shit, to your point. But that's th- that was the cause of war, at the begin when war began, it was mm-hmm. because they were fighting over the limited amount of resource or gold that was left in the world, and so yeah, I, it, it all seems completely arbitrary now. There's no there's no rhyme or reason to how much money exists and how much we pay baseball players. It's it's gotten out of hand because you know it's all about coming. That's all it's about. It's about coming. It's about the money. The money makes the come happen. Well, and, and it's the more re- money, and, the more come. And it's relative, right? Because like it's all relative. It, yeah, that's what uh, uh, Einstein. Einstein, when he, when he was trying to explain relativity, said, "You you you sit next to a pretty girl for an hour feels like a minute. You put your hand on a hot stove for an, a minute feels like an hour. Mm-hmm. Time is not real, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and neither is." Pretty much anything else. The only thing that is real is the come. Albert Einstein. Little ones and zeros everywhere. Anyway, so this takes us, you know, Donnie kind of has the back issues off and on. And we we get to the uh, most memorable feud of of probably really about the only titillating thing of Donnie's career. you know, outside of whatever happened on the tractor in Indiana with gonorrhea and all that. Um, he's, he's frustrated with the team's direction in 91 and he asks to be traded. Um, the Yankees tell him to piss off and he says nothing and basically struggles. And so on August 15th, general manager of the Yankees, Mr. Gene stick, Michael tells Donnie baseball, to get a fucking haircut. <laughs> so that that whole thing is is real life playing itself out in in cartoon form is what you're telling me. Yes, yes, exactly. That's pretty awesome. I had no idea. We'll get to it. You know where we're going. Yep. And although Michael and manager Stump Merrill delivered the news, everyone knew who the re- requested originated from. George Steinbrenner who at the time was serving what would turn out to be a three-year suspension for consorting with a gambler, Howie Spira, who was watching everything from behind the scenes. Mattingly refused, even though he knew that he had agreed to the team's well-known haircut rule as part of his contract, which required short, trimmed, nicely groomed hair. 
At the time, Mattingly was in clear violation of the rule as his hair hung below his shirt, shirt collar and his mustache had grown out and for a short time and he looked like a member of the mustache gang of the early 70s Oakland A's. <laughs> the mustache gang. Can we appreciate that for a second? I, I didn't realize that they had named themselves uh, or had a name assigned to them. Uh, but I do know... Uh, I mean, I assume Eck is part of the Mustache Gang. Well, no, no, this is the seventies, so we're way, oh, way, no, way. Oh no, uh, Ra- yeah. this is Raleigh Fingers. Yeah, this is the yeah, yeah. This is early seventies. Um, this is Raleigh <laughs> and Catfish Hunter and fucking um, Dave Kingman back then. I don't know. Yeah, the Reggie Jackson probably on the team then. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, well, it, just so you know as well, while you were talking, I went ahead and pulled up a picture of Stump Merrill. Uh-huh. Do yourself that fair favor. Uh, he, every single picture of Stump Merrill, he's got a mouth full of chaw. Oh, his, his, he's just, just right out the side of his mouth like this. Manningly, get your ass in here, you stupid son of a bitch! I'll shave that fucking mustache myself if I got to. So pull out a straight razor out of his back pocket. <laughs> so you're telling me Stump Merrill's an American badass, basically. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I spit in uh, Manningly's face, and I took my straight razor out, and I started shaving his mustache off with my chaw as opposed to the shaving cream because he was the only lubricant I had available to me in the moment. <laughs> so uh, uh, that's where uh, that's where we lost our way together, and uh, you know, eventually I lost my job as a result. But you know, I, they moved me around in the, the the back office. I was I was at the Yankees thirty eight years, but you know. Uh, um, he's still alive too. Seventy nine years old. This son of a bitch chewing chewing this tobacco every single fucking day. He's only seventy nine. Seventy nine. Born in forty four. Fuck. That's Jesus Christ. That's uh, losing record. Age. Losing record as a as a manager. By the way, yeah, one twenty and one fifty five. I don't think Stump was very successful. So I need the. I, are you still looking at him? Yeah. Okay. So look at his face, and I need you to to picture this for me. It's Yankee Stadium, okay? He's he's going to come out to bring in, um, I don't fucking know who they had back then. Steve Howe. He's their fucking closer, I guess. Comes out of the dugout. It's ninth inning. He's going to come out. Goose Gossage. Say it's Goose. Fuck it. It's Goose back then. Hits, hits the fucking steps out to the field. And you hear twisted. I'm an American badass. Watch me kick. You could roll with stump or you could suck my dick. I'm like a porno flick. I'm like amazing. Great. Can you see that with stump Merrill? There's no, no shot about it. And, and here's the best part about it is I'm, I'm thinking about who plays this guy in the movie. It's clearly Philip Seymour Hoffman. If he wasn't dead. Yeah, the death is going to be a big part of that. Yeah, it's a big problem. But no, he looks like he looks like uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. This guy, uh, and not the not the version of him playing. Uh, who was the A's coach that he plays in? Um, oh fuck, uh, Moneyball. Me. Yeah, uh, Art Howe. Art Howe. Yeah, not Art Howe. Philip Seymour. Just a little different, but a lot of a lot of, lot yeah, of Philip Seymour I Hoffman. I can totally in this guy. see Philip Seymour Hoffman in this man. I can see this man in Philip Seymour Hoffman, too. Um, what so do you think back- killed him? <laughs> Stump Merrill. 
Um, allegedly. Although he wasn't drawn and quartered for his refusal to submit to the Barber Shears, Mattingly was benched for a game. Nobody was happy. Merrill saw matters in black and white. Are you ready? If someone from management tells you you need a haircut, you get a haircut. I'll tell you what, man. I told Mattingly, I told him, I put him aside. I said, look, you work for these sons of bitches. I work for these sons of bitches. They tell you to get a haircut. You get your fucking hair cut. Okay? It's not a matter of do you want to get your hair cut or not. We all know you don't want to get your hair cut. You get your fucking hair. We all answer to somebody. So, you know, we all want, we all answer to God, but we all answer to somebody in this life. And for us right now, we all we all we all answer to George fucking Steinbrenner. And he wants you to get a haircut. So get your fucking haircut or I'll cut it myself, you dumb fuck. I'll send your ass back to Indiana. That Fast, bitch. Stump Merrill is telling this to Don Mattingly. That's correct. Losing manager Stump Merrill. <laughs> and Stump would be gone fairly soon. But um, well, with a name like Stump, uh, at least we know he limped away. Not just a clever nickname. Um, Donnie had a different take, though, seeing the events as proof that he had become expendable and perhaps he needed a new place to work. So this is a year after they make him the highest fucking paid player in the game, too. So he says, maybe I <clears throat> maybe I don't belong in the organization anymore. I talked to Gene Michael about moving me earlier in the year. He said, we'll talk at the end of the year. Maybe this is their way of saying we don't need you anymore. The haircut brouhaha eventually died down and Magnally succumbed to the barber two days later. But the trouble over his disclosure that he was thinking about leaving did not subside. And the Yankees sputtered to a 25 and 41 record over the last two and a half months of the season and finished the year with a 71 and 91 record. So things are going downhill for Donnie Baseball um, in the early 90s. But we get to obviously, we know what happens in 1994, the shortened season and the greed of Major League Baseball falls upon the earth and casts a shadow on us all. But then in 1995, it finally happens for Don, and they make the fucking playoffs, and the Yankees get to our newly expanded Major League Baseball playoffs, Mm -hmm. and we are in the NL, or not the NL, the ALDS against who we just talked about earlier, apropos Mr. King Griffey Jr. and the Seattle Mariners. I have to ask you this, Gabe, do do you have any memories of this series? Because I do. No, no, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll you'll enlighten me and mm-hmm. remind me of what I need to know. But yeah, no, not anything substantial. It, it was a very, very. Uh, it was a pretty exciting series. Not, I mean, and you're also in 1995, so you got to think of what you're looking at on Seattle. This is Griffey. This is Randy Johnson. A Rod's there. Okay, this is A Rod time okay. too. He's yep. two years in because I think he's a rookie in '94. And you got Buner. Jay Buner, Mar- yep, returning home to New York. Yeah. The Martinez's. I mean, fuck. Oh, Edgar. And Tino. Well, yeah, yeah. Both those guys. I mean, this team is absolutely oh, fucking loaded. Yeah, Plus, they got like, yeah, Vince Coleman out in fucking left field. But anyway, so we got the Mariners here, and then you got the Yankees who have kind of, uh, you know, they've started to kind of reload. They got, uh, they brought in, um, fucking Charlie Hayes and, and 
well, Boggs is about to come in the next year, but they got Paul O'Neill and, and Bernie and shit. This might be around the tartable time too, even for a year or two. I know well, he's there in 94. Jeter's 95, 94, 95, right? Yeah. I think Jeter's rookie year is 93. Okay. Yeah. So Jeter's so, there already. Yeah. He's there. I don't, I don't know if he is, um, he might not be playing in, in, in like starting till like 96 though. I feel like, cause they got, I'm trying to think who their shortstop is, but anyway, that's not important. I mean, in the front office, I mean, the front office was stacked at New York as well. I mean, you had assistant to the traveling secretary, George Costanza, Mm -hmm. who uh, honestly like helped out the, the hitting on that club substantially. Uh, I think he, 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 he was helping, he was helping Jeter at one point. Yeah. He, um, Tartable. He's had work with Tartable, Paul O'Neill. Um, Mm I, I do hear he is very busy though and does have a lot to do. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're you're running a baseball team, there's lots to get done. He's burning the midnight oil, I think, sleeping at the office even. Yeah, no, he he was sleeping at the office. Big fan of the calzones there in the Bronx though too. Like uh-huh. uh, I I always like growing up, I always wanted to try a calzone in the Bronx because of how popular he made them. Oh yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Um. So yeah, same here. Like uh. I've always wanted to try that famous uh, the New York uh, pie place. Uh, it's uh, Michael in the office talks about Sabaro. Like I've always wanted to get to one of those. Yeah, my favorite. It's it's my favorite place. I, I lived in New York for a little while. It's my favorite place to get a New York slice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. Authentic. Um, but you know, Donnie, Donnie, the the, the series is it's it goes to the five games, and then game five is very exciting. It's uh, you know. You see the highlight of it all the time, Griffey rounding third and and scoring the, the winning runs. But um, the Yankees do lose. Um, they don't move on. And um, not not to any fault of Don's, though. Uh, he he gets 10 hits and 24 bats in the series, bats 417 with four doubles, a homer, and six RBIs. Um, so... Donnie's one and only postseason appearance. He he does his part, but uh, you know, you just had too loaded of a team in Seattle. Uh, then you get to the off season, and and Don's a little beat up. Says he's going to take a year off. Don's going to take a year off from college. Okay, he's going to work. Um, his kids are growing up. His his body's hurting, and um, the Yankees have also signed Tino Martinez. So that's a big part of it. Uh, Donnie's not going to be no bitch and sit on that fucking bench. Okay. So Donnie takes a year off. And then in 1997 on January 22nd, shortly, uh, roughly around the same time that uh, Michael Hickenbottom recaptured the uh, championship of the world wrestling federation from Sydney UD in the Alamo dome in San Antonio, Texas, I believe. That would be very close in time frame, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, after his one-year self-imposed rest, he announced his retirement during a press conference at Yankee Stadium. So, Nani calls it a career, and, and he finishes that career up with a uh, batting average of 307, 222 career homers, and 1,099 RBIs. Um, you know, if it wouldn't have been for the back, I think it's safe to say Don... Even if he would have had modest success and not been hurt, he probably would have made the Hall of Fame. 
Yeah, it's a it's a little shocking to think about. Um, you know, I just kind of assumed, um, and and you folks will learn as time goes on that I am, I am a a very fair weather baseball fan. I, I don't have as anywhere near as much sort of background knowledge that 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 Blake does. But I I didn't realize that Don Mattingly wasn't in the Hall of Fame until mm-hmm. we were doing a little bit of research for this this show because for me. Uh, and I, I, you know, Blake and I are very close in age, but like when I think of a baseball player, like the prototypical baseball player, I think of Don Mattingly. Like that's who pops up in my head when I think about what a baseball player looks like, <laughs> what he sounds like, uh, you know, the fact that he's got the, that, that, that mighty push broom underneath his nose, mm-hmm. like uh, his batting stance, like just all of it from A to Z, like the, what, what makes up a baseball player, it's Don Mattingly. And so I, I had the assumption in my head that he, he was absolutely a hall of famer, but looking at the stats, it just, it's it's just not there. The man could hit, he could hit for power. He had a fucking glove and he could eat fucking pussy like nobody's business. That's a ball player. All right. That's Don Mattingly. If life were fair, Don would be in the Hall of Fame. But life isn't fair. Life isn't fair. And, you know, I don't know. You you, you would have hoped maybe the... I guess it's not over. It could always happen. But uh, maybe he would have had a successful enough coaching career that that could have got him in or something. But it didn't really look like that's going to happen. Because, you know, he's Don Mattingly and he's got some asshole in a front office texting him his fucking starting lineup to tell him who's playing tonight and who isn't. Um, oh, from the uh, Miami Marlins, too, by the way. You know, the goddamn beacon of light of baseball. Like, fuck off. Yikes. Let Don Mattingly make his, his fucking lineup, okay? Now, he, yeah, he managed the Marlins. He's he's, he's in a, Toronto now, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, bench coach... Uh, Donnie came up here to coach for us, buddy. We got him when we couldn't get Terry Bevington. We said, fuck it. Come on up here. Terry Bevington won't do it. Fuck him. You're the guy, Donnie. Come be our bench coach, buddy. And he said, fuck yeah. Fuck those guys. So, yeah, he's in Toronto. Teaching teaching the next generation of, uh, of all ball players how to play ball. And they eat pussy. Well. But, yeah, so that's Donnie baseball. Um, naturally. You know, we talk eating pussy. You segue into the kisser of the week, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I was hoping for a bit more of a. Tickled my balls, Wesley. Oh my goodness! Yes, it's time for the kisser of the week, everybody. It's that part of the podcast where. We, we we deep dive into the life of the person involved in the game this week who's got the face because yes. you can you can always tell by the face who the pervert is in the room and this week's kisser of the week who's our pervert this week Blake none other than Western Carolina University Hall of Famer himself Mr. Wayne. Hollison. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Western Carolina? Western Carolina, yes. Now, there's a North Carolina. Uh-huh. And there's a South Carolina. Uh-huh. It, it, I was unaware that there was a West Carolina. 
I'm pretty sure there's an Eastern Carolina University too. Somewhere well, in the water. Fucking, that's fucking stupid. Yeah, I'm. That is interesting. Now that you bring that up, I'm not exactly sure where. Uh, you know, Western Carolina would have to fall in either North or South. But which and which gets the East Carolina? Right. Like, is it because why isn't it? Western North Carolina mm-hmm. or Western South Carolina mm-hmm. or Eastern. You see what I'm where I'm going here? It's yeah, it, dumb. It, it it's should stupid. be like Southwestern or Northeastern or Northwestern or Southeastern. One of the two. Thank or you. Whatever. I think it gets chalked up to the fact it's it's the South and nobody of any consequence fucking cares. Nobody cares. That's correct. They've looked at it and and they've made the assessment. These people are going to hold us down as long as we are all connected and as long as these bumpkin fucks down here continue to exist, we're going to suffer for it and just fucking leave them alone and let them do whatever. And let's try not to get the stink on us. I think that's what's happened. Anyway. Um, so, you know, unlike our, our kisser last week, uh, the hose himself, Mr. Tom Hankey, um, you know, Wayne didn't exactly have the, you know, not the same success that Tom had. Tom was a, Tom was a notable ball player. He was a top tier reliever for, you know, a few years. Um, Wayne, Wayne was a guy. Um, <laughs> I, <Lucky now. laughs> yeah, um, we'll, we'll go through, we're going to look at, um, a little bit of a really just kind of what he did, which wasn't much. And then I got a nice little piece where we catch up with Wayne. Um, it is dated back to 2014, but um, I do believe he's still with us today. And um, we see what Wayne was up to, and he kind of reflects a little bit. But with, without any further ado, we, we'll get into our to our kisser here. And we'll be sure to share that kisser with you all on the uh, the Twitter and the Instagram and the, the whole ballgame.com. Because... Um, He's a fine-looking fella. Really is. Uh, Jimmy Wayne Tollison, born November 22nd, 1955. Um, he played baseball for the Rangers, who we'll see here today, but he's on the Yankees and the White Sox as well. So actually, Wayne has covered all fucking, basically all three teams we have looked at. <laughs> We've talked about Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Too bad he wasn't on the Blue Jays, and I guess we would have covered it all. But um, Wayne was a switch hitter. I guess suppose probably still is a switch hitter. You know. I mean, you've seen his face, yes? Yes, I have, Gabe. There you Thank go. You. Uh, made his debut on September 1st, 1981. So Wayne uh, makes his debut shortly after I make my debut in life. That's interesting. And, um, <laughs> well, over his career, Wayne compiled the following stat line. A career batting average of 241. Nine home runs and 133 RBIs. <laughs> uh, interesting note, Wayne's father, Jim, did play seven seasons in the minor leagues for the uh, once known Cleveland Indians, Boston Red Sox, and Detroit Tigers. And his brother, Michael, played one season in the Indians organization. While he does have a son, uh, Steve, who I believe is a current Major League Baseball player, so keep your eye on uh, Steve Tollison to see if he follows in his father's footsteps. I believe his eyes are a little bit better. He at least had the LASIK. <laughs> uh, 
Wayne, um, a star athlete in uh, both baseball and football in high school. And this is where, okay, what we got? What you got? You, Steve Tollison. Okay. Uh, he, he no longer plays, but um, he played the majority of his career with the Blue Jays. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Tell me this isn't a fucking computer. Uh-huh. Yep. Ones and zeros, pals. Ones and zeros. And yeah, no, he uh he he definitely doesn't have his dad's uh eye issues, but he does have a problem. That underbite is severe. Oh. And uh uh I, I have a theory about the folks with the underbite. Uh and we'll get into it one day, I promise. I look forward to that. Um Maybe that's Kimberly's fault. That's Wayne's wife. Maybe she's got some fucked up teeth. Um, So Wayne chooses to attend Western Carolina over other schools because it was the only program that allowed him to play both sports with no strings attached. Tolson, um, all SEC in 77-78. He's the, or sorry, not SEC, Southern Conference. Uh, That would not be in the SEC. and he's also a star football player at Western Carolina. He caught 105 passes for 1,747 yards and 14 touchdowns over two seasons. Um, Wayne is a member of the Western Carolina University Hall of Fame. He was inducted in 1990, class of 78. So if you All want right. to note that, please. Um, only took Wayne three years to get into the majors. That's pretty impressive for a man of that facial structure. <laughs> well, you feel, I feel like at this time, wearing glasses like that is basically your ticket. I mean, if you've got those kind of wireframe glasses yeah. and, and you play baseball at all, I'm pretty sure you were given a spot on a major league team. Maybe maybe those glasses like made their eyes some kind of superhuman, like, you know, like they could see like even much. I don't know. Probably not. It's probably all bullshit, but um, it just kind of shines a light on maybe we don't realize the extenuating uh, degrees to which the human eye problems exist because everybody, you know, whatever has surgery or shit contacts and all that bullshit back then, you know, wire frames or fucking eye patches. Um, Tolleson was selected to the Southern Conference 100th anniversary team in 2021 for both baseball and football, and he was enshrined into the Southern Conference. He made the fucking Conference Hall of Fame in 2020, okay? It so, took long enough. Fucking Jesus Christ. Like, did they get just to the bottom of the barrel and they found Wayne Tolleson's glasses and were like, ah, we'll, we'll give old Tolly a spot. I mean, as time goes on, you run out of living bodies, basically. Like exactly at that point, it's we got to get somebody in here and give give old Jimmy Wayne a call. <laughs> Jimmy Wayne, look, you think in life like as you go and 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 you you succeed or move up or whatever, go through your your path. You know, you think like, well, people just get better and that's how they move. And no, no, the people that were better than them just move on or they die and they move out, and then you're just the next best fucking thing. Like that's it. Yeah, at a certain at a certain point, uh, the it doesn't matter how good you were mm-hmm. or how bad you were. What matters is that you're around. Yep, and you discover that the older you get. How good are you right now? 
because that's all that matters. That's it. That's how Wayne got into the fucking Hall of Fame in his conference 40 years after his playing days were over because he was the best fucking option left. (laughs) So, that being said, we're going to take a look at an article from the Citizen Times. Okay? The Citizen Times, back on August 17th, 2014, is they catch up with Wayne Tolleson. This is written by one Mr. Keith. Don't call me slap nuts, Jarrett. Keith Jarrett. Okay. Feel free to check that man out while I'm going through this. If you would like to get uh, Citizen Times, Keith Jarrett. Um, looking. Uh, the baseball gene is very strong in the Tolleson family, and it appears to be progressive. Jim Tolleson, father of former Western Carolina two-sport star Wayne Tolleson, played seven years in the minor leagues. His brother Michael also had a year of pro baseball. Wayne played 10 years in the major leagues as an infielder, including a career-high 313 batting average with the Texas Rangers in 1985. And Wayne's son, Stephen, is a major league infielder playing with the Toronto Blue Chase after stints with the Oakland Athletics, Baltimore Orioles, and Chicago White Sox. Obviously, the Tollisons, obviously, obviously, the Tollisons from Spartanburg, South Carolina, have a skill for the game. But Wayne's standout career in, Jesus, Colowee? Sure. I guess that's Fuck just, it. whatever. 74-78 wasn't limited to the diamond. A four-year starter at shortstop for the Catamounts. Mm-hmm. Catamounts. What is a sure. Catamount? What a Catamount uh, is? I don't know what a catamount is off the top. I believe it's some sort of animal, but I don't know. Let's find out. Yeah. The Western Carolina catamounts. It literally looks like some kind of panther. Um, it's it's an ugly cat, uh, whatever oh, like it is. A, it's like a cat and a mountain lion. A catamount. Oh, short-tailed wildcats with usually tufted ears valued for their fur. Synonyms, lynx. It's a lynx. But it's called it's a catamount because we're in the fucking south and they're all a bunch of hillbillies and they gotta put words together that sound cool. Now okay. I, I won't deny the fact that catamount sounds like a word that sounds cool in a southern accent, right? It sounds a lot cooler than lynx. And one of them to them catamounts. <laughs> what you doing tonight, Bill? I'm gonna see them catamounts play. It's gonna be a good one. I'm gonna go skin me a catamount. Go fuck it too. <laughs> Uh, four-year starter at shortstop for the Catamounts. Tolson was a two-time All-Southern Conference selection in the league's Player of the Year in 1978. And on the football field, he was also a four-year player leading the nation in receiving his senior season, a key component of Coach Bob Waters' wide-open offense. The he wide, comes to people wide open. Mm-hmm. Out here wide open, brother. He was named the SoCons SoCons Athlete of the Year in 1978, the first WCU athlete to receive the award. His baseball talents in high school drew the interest of larger schools, but Tolson chose the Catamounts for a reason. Western was the only school that would give me the opportunity to play two sports with no strings attached. Coach Waters put it in my scholarship. And there was never an issue. Playing for Waters and baseball coach Bill Hayward turned out to be exactly what Tolleson was looking for in his college experience. 
Western Carolina was a perfect fit for me. Football-wise, they had a tradition of a smaller wide receivers and a great passing game. Coach Haywood had a professional background, and he was a tremendous coach. So looking back, I couldn't have made a better choice about college. Steve White was WCU's sports information director during Tolleson's college career and now serves as the school's official historian. Wayne was a very special student-athlete. As a football player in 77, he played quarterback on several downs and made some key kicks as our place kicker, in addition to leading the nation in... Jesus, fuck! <laughs> Who is that? You got... God damn it! I was in the middle of a fucking thing. <laughs> Shit. Who, is, that, is that the guy? <laughs> Gabe put the, put this fucking picture up on the screen. I was I'm reading this shit, and who knows how long it was up there. Ugh, and wow. I'm trying to do this 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 Southern sports information historian, and I get the picture of this fucking man that is looks like he belongs in his own circle of hell shoved in my face. Uh, th- this is um. Uh, a close runner-up for Kisser of the Week this week goes to Keith Jarrett oh. of the Citizen, the Asheville Citizen Times, who passed away in December of 2021. Uh, but uh, he is, it, please, fans, go to your Google machine immediately. Type Keith Jarrett Citizen Times for the picture that just made Blake completely lose track mm. of what he was reading because... This man looks as if his kidney, st- his kidneys stopped functioning 15 years before the picture was taken. Oh, you can see the yellowing of his, the whites of his eyes and the yellowing of his teeth, although those two things are unrelated. Uh, although perhaps the yellowing of his teeth directly correlated to the shutting down of his kidneys. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, he's a mess. He looks like, uh, uh, a you a guy who works at a used car dealership because he got fired from his sales job because he was uh smoking crank in the bathroom uh, all- and it's the crank that he picked up in downtown Asheville oh. by the way so think about who he got this crank from uh yeah it probably some of the Tolson cousins Oh, man. Now, Not you Wayne's don't talk family. About, you don't talk about my Jimmy Wayne that way. No, see, Wayne's family, they're good. They're fine. They're clean. But it's the cousins. Got it. Okay. It's so it's cousins. it's it's Mark and Tim Collison are the issues. Yeah. The, Got it. The other Tollisons. Um, so back, back, back on track, brother. Um, Steve White, the, uh, the historian, um, goes on. And he ranks Tolleson as the school's second best multi-sport athlete. There's one better. Would you happen to know who that was? Oh, Western Carolina. Uh, oh, I'll save you God. some time. No, yeah. it was Jerry Gaines. Oh, yeah. that's That was going to be my first choice. Jerry was a football, baseball, and track and field All-American selection. So, no... Um, no Jerry Gaines, but Wayne was number two. Um, Wayne says that the uh, the Patriots asked him to try out, and he said, it was nice to think about an NFL career, but with my body type, baseball was going to be my sport as a professional. 
Um, Wayne was 5'9", 160. So um, Wayne's, Wayne would go on to say that God richly blessed my career in terms of longevity and getting a chance to play every day as a New York Yankee was the highlight of my career. And it's now his thrill to watch his son have the kind of career he enjoyed, which in some places that would be considered child abuse for a father to wish that <laughs> on their child. But not in the South, pal. Not in uh, Carolina territory. Um, it's been an absolute thrill to watch Steve grow as a young man, mature as a baseball player, and see him have the chance to play baseball at that level said Tolleson, who retired from a successful corporate career with Center Plate, a food vending company, and now gives clinics and baseball lessons for youngsters. He also serves as a consultant for Upward Sports, which is ready to open a 120,000-square-foot multi-purpose sports facility in Spartanburg. White said Tolleson has been appreciative of the people and the school that gave him a chance to play two sports 30 years ago. You know why it's called Upward, right? Um, I don't. It's because that's the direction that his cock goes when he knows he's got the ability, the chance, to help a young person learn how to play the game of baseball. Brother, six to midnight, dude. Coach Waters and Coach Haywood both loved him, White said. He has been a substantial donor and supporter to the university. There it is. And is never fr- jacking off over there. What is that? That's it. Wayne's done. Our kisser of the week, Wayne fucking toss. I, I have a little tidbit that I really, really appreciated. Uh, and if you listened to last week, you'll probably appreciate this too. You probably saw this, but uh, Tollison is often identified with the brief, disappointing tenure of Ken Hawk Harrelson as general manager of the Chicago White Sox due to his involvement in two of Harrelson's iconic trades. Oh God! On on uh, did you know that uh, that that the hawk was the GM? I had no idea. That mm-hmm. seems like He's a terrible sure. fucking idea. <laughs> just, come on, like you know, that's awful. Just you know, they they went through a phase there where they were throwing everything at the wall. And historically, the White Sox, historically the White Sox have been homers for themselves, right? They they give their own jobs before they give jobs to the people that are are, are actually qualified for them. Well, they've um, always been like a carny franchise, like going back to the seventies. I mean, they had the fucking shorts, man. Yeah, I mean, look, we're 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 going to talk about it one day. That's no secret. Uh, we're going to talk about disco demolition. Like, like they're 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 throwing every gimmick at the wall to figure out what sticks to get people in that ballpark. God, what um, a disgusting state on, of affairs. On November twenty fifth, nineteen eighty five, the Rangers traded Tollison and relief pitcher Dave Schmidt. To the White Sox for in exchange for shortstops Scott Fletcher and Jose Moda and pitching prospect Ed Correa. Oh wow! He was yeah. he was a member of the White Sox for only a few months. Uh, Chicago sent him to the Yankees in another deal uh, on July thirtieth, nineteen eighty six. In addition to Tollison, the White Sox shipped out former All Star Ron Kittle. <laughs> Fuck! There it is. Look. It's like you said earlier, this is all computer-based entertainment <laughs> house. Like every little bit of our lives is determined by some computer in a warehouse somewhere. It's the same one from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory that told that scientist to get fucked. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shipped out former All-Star Ron Kittle and backup catcher Joel Skinner, acquiring first baseman Carlos Martinez oh. and catchers Ron Hassey and Bill Lindsay. 
That's that is that is the trade that got Ken Harrelson fired. Ron Kittle and Wayne Tollison for Carlos Martinez and Ron Hassey. Yeah, I think uh, I think Hawks shit the bed on that deal because Kittle went bad. Won the first time he shit the bed, and I'm sure it wasn't the last time. And you can't put it on the buddy. Yes, I need a new pair of sheets. Hawks done shit the bed again one more time, folks. We're gonna get it out, get it nasty, get it hot, get it hawk. <laughs> Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the kisser of the week for this week. Uh, Wayne Tollison will be back, I'm sure, as we jump into uh, what will be most of the ball game uh, as uh, we, uh, we get ready for that. Uh, do you have anything else for us before we get all teed up here? I don't believe so. I think uh, we do. Yeah, as you touched on, Wayne has a hell of a game. Oh, I do. I can set the stage for us here. Um, you know, we can go through. I wanted to touch on these, uh, the, the particulars. We come to you from Arlington Stadium tonight, 41,871 in attendance. 41, uh, almost 42,000 people in this ballpark. Can you imagine that happening today? In Texas in July. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean... You know, even the new stadiums they build, like, they don't mm-hmm. really build them much over 40, if any. And so, yeah, to, to have that many people here, you can, the people are here for, for history. They're here to, they're thirsty. They're, they need Donnie baseball to, to quench that thirst for them. And there's probably not much else to fucking do. Um, <laughs> the Yankees go, they're, they come into the game 57 and 35. Um, so they're, they're doing pretty well on the year. And um, our umpires for tonight's game behind the plate, we have Ted Hendry, Jim Evans at first, the notorious Daryl Cousinfucker at second, and Mark Johnson at third. So, um, yeah, that's sounds good. So we we have the scene set, the tale of the tape, and when we come back, we will get into most of the whole ball game. Stay right there. We're back. Uh, as usual, if you want to watch, if you want to watch the game with us, all you got to do is head to the, uh, show notes, uh, wherever they are, wherever it is that you listen, there'll be a link there. Uh, thanks again to our pals at this is where you find baseball on YouTube. Uh, it's Yankees versus Rangers, uh, July 18th, 1987. Unfortunately, this time around, uh, and for the first time, probably not the last, uh, we are joining this ball game in process, in progress rather, uh, in the bottom of the second inning in Arlington. On the call tonight, we've got the legendary Phil Rizzuto and who Blake. We we have an appearance in the booth from Billy Fucking Martin, buddy. I can't just stay tuned because uh, in 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 sharp contrast to last week's show. Uh, the the announcers themselves give us one hell of a show uh, in the the seven innings that we're going to get to watch uh, with you folks in uh, as soon as I'm done with this countdown. We'll start at three, and when I hit play, you hit play. So we're going to start now. Uh, if you have this queued up, you should see the incredibly handsome and bulging Pete O'Brien on your screen, uh, it says Pete O'Brien hit 194 in April, batting 311 since then. And we're going to count this down in three, two, one, play. 
Hey, Gabe, do you know why Pete O'Brien wears number nine? Why is that? Because he's got a nine-inch cock. That's a whole lot of cock. He grounds out to first to our pal Don Mattingly, who who lets the left fielder know there is one out in this ball game in this in this in this setting. That is a well-trimmed mustache, though. Mm-hmm. Look at him; he's looking good. He does. He looks like a million bucks, like a ball player is supposed to look. Mm-hmm. Here comes Mister Ranger himself, Pete Incaviglia. I there is no but when you say Texas Rangers. The first thing I think of is Pete Incavilia. He's a powerhouse, Gabe. Look at him. He is. He's a, a whole, just a, a hunk of a man. A juggernaut. He ain't no bitch. Announcer's talking about Bo Jackson. It's so funny. Uh, it's uh, it's what's great about Rizzuto and anybody he had in the the booth with him over the years. There were three or four different guys that that did the majority of his time with the Yankees. But Rizzuto will go off on these tangents talking about just the damnedest things, but it makes the ball game watchable, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to last week, where it was like we would have we'd have moments where you know we're we're going thirty seconds without anybody saying a goddamn thing. Yeah, yeah, we we got men in the booth this week, not Hawk and Wampy. Yeah, I mean they're going on now. They're talking about <laughs> back in '87, talking about changing NCAA rules. Uh huh. Yeah, they're 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 talking about Bo Jackson and how he couldn't play his final year because he went to the fucking Tampa Bay Buccaneer camp or something, and they need to change those rules and. They should change him so they don't have to enforce him. <laughs> Perfect. These men have opinions, Gabe. <laughs> they do. It's it is the mighty picks, WPIX in New York. Like I'll tell you what, man. They they don't they 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 have their opinions and they let them be known by God. They're talking about all the college. He says he doesn't think they're going to have a team down in Texas before long. Talking about all the college programs in Texas that are on academic probation. <laughs> Let's not forget this is around the time SMU gets the fucking death penalty and loses their football program. There are. They're investigating them now. You notice, Gabe, he said Oklahoma State. He didn't say Oklahoma because things are on the up and up with Coach Switzer and Boz. Well, well tell me this. Tell me this, JR. If, if, if you were to, I don't know, break down the Sooners in to two words, what would those be? Boomer, sooner. By God. By God. That's four. So fuck <laughs> you. You got two free ones, buddy. <laughs> They're talking about how the um, the Kansas City Royals fans aren't thrilled that Bo plays football for the Raiders because they're naturally Chiefs fans, and that is the Raiders' rivals. And we've got a, a ball player on base in Cavillia walks uh, with one out. That was a shuffle. Bottom of the second inning. He did shuffle his way down, didn't he? It's kind of how I run. <laughs> Are you saying that Pete Cavillia is... Like half the athlete you are? 
Uh, one one way or another on the ad- that equation, yeah. He might be half the athlete I am, or I'm half the man he is. Well, you know, if you divide something by one half, uh-huh. then it doubles it. And then you got a 33 and a third percent chance of winning. There it is. Throw over to Donnie Baseball. Almost Pete, caught him caught him running. Pete's stolen a few bags on the air. He has been caught a few times, though. I think they says, I believe they say he has eight. Eight. So breaking say, uh, off for strike one. If you notice the shot of the crowd, uh-oh. Look at Tim Foley over there. Keep your eyes on him going through the signs. Look at the crowd. Look at that full crowd out there in the bleachers. Uh, an ass every 18 inches, as they say. It uh-huh. is uh, standing room only in Arlington. The SRO Steins went out early, Jess. Pandemonium. Hanging from the rafters. That little youngster, he says, I don't know what's going on, but I know this thing's happening, and I'm some part of it. (laughs) Pete Incavilia is a big man. Yeah. He is. Look at him. He dwarfs Don. He really does. Like, he's... One and a half times the size of Don Mattingly from a, a, a body size perspective. Uh, he got about two and a half, three inches on him. You is, know why he's got the number 29, don't you? Um, He's from the 29th State of the Union. I am completely, I have no idea why he wears the number 29. Mm-hmm. I was hoping you could tell me. Probably the one they gave him. Yeah. Mets down four to two to Cincinnati. Cubs down nine to two to San Francisco. Cards and the Yankees, the two top winning teams in the in the leagues. Ozzy was on the the cards at this point, right? Oh yeah, it's eighty seven. Yeah, he's a guy there, right? He's he's been there since uh, he got traded in eighty one, I think. I didn't know that he was somewhere else. Where was he before? San Diego. Oh, no shit. He got traded for Gary Templeton. Yep. Oh, Mattingly picks that one up. Nice. Uh, in foul territory. Don's got a glove on him. Donnie looks like he's about five foot five. <laughs> the camera really does make him look tiny. That is not a good... Always... This... this... This Texas crowd is not happy about it. I'll no. tell you that much. It's we did not. I wonder what the temperature was this night. Let's see if we can fit Steve, Steve Bouchelle Ooh. in the batter's box, averaging two twenty four, seven home runs on the year, and with a name like Bouchelle, it has to be good. I don't think so. Have you ever seen a Rangers game? He's their current announcer, one of them. Oh, is he, he really? He's, oh, that's outstanding. He's got a face. Want- you got to watch. There's Wayne. Okay. Or no, that's Pegley Arula. Sorry. Pags. <clears throat> there it is. Got a real tight bottom on him, this Bouchelle. Tight pooper. It's a bounce a quarter off that ass. The saying, I'm not I ashamed believe, to say it. I believe it goes, cowboys' butts drive me nuts. Uh-huh. That's right. Save a horse. Ride a cowboy. 
Although in this case, it would be a ranger, not a cowboy, I suppose. Is there a difference between a ranger and a cowboy? I believe Is so. Is it just the badge? Because you would think that all rangers are cowboys, but not all cowboys are rangers. No, all cowboys are definitely not rangers. There's right. a ranger is a, I don't say anybody can be a cowboy, but you know, anybody can be a cowboy if you want to. Are, um, but are all rangers cowboys? Oh, Bouchelle <clears throat> to left center. I don't Anderson think, under it. And look at what that. a beautiful wow. diving catch. That, that was fantastic. That was worth all hour and 20 that. minutes that we've been doing this podcast. That was fantastic. Look at him all out fucking soul glow flying through the air in Arlington. You can smell the Jerry curl. A real delight. I, uh, I was part of a, uh, break last week, uh, oh. uh, baseball card break. And, uh, I you're going to say you're part it's psychotic break. I mean, that, that that happened a lot longer than a week and a half ago. <laughs> uh, hence the baseball cards and uh, our our game here. Uh-huh. Um, I, uh, uh, it, it, for, for those who know a little bit about baseball cards, there's a, uh, a, a third company that does really bad baseball cards, except for in one instance, called Leaf. And Ooh. Leaf doesn't have licenses or anything like that, but they, they put out these really great, uh, patch cards where they they basically they they bring in these these players some of them are prospects and some of them are um are actual players uh from from the past and they they have these jerseys that are set up just just full of patches uh they just buy a bunch of patches and they sew them onto the jerseys right so when they cut the jerseys apart these cards end up looking just gorgeous right yeah. and none of them are real you can you can get like world series cards for for guys that have been drafted by the White Sox recently, right? So they've never been in a World Series, but you can get a patch. And they're cool to look at. They're not worth a shit, but they're pretty cool to look at. And I pulled this son of a bitch. Uh, it's, a, it's a piece of... That was awfully close. Holy cow. They called him out at first. But I do believe today that would have been called safe at first uh, because it would have gone to the replay. Let's see it. Yep, yep, yep. You got Billy shitting on him right there. Oh, no. yeah, no, see, no, he was there. Um, yeah, that, so that, there fucking Gabe, that wasn't, goddamn, that was not a very good throw, Gabe. So you see the 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 elephant piece there from uh-huh. the patch uh-huh. uh, from the, the, with a Ricky Henderson auto on that son of a bitch. Oh, an auto, um, nice. So that was very fun. It was, it's not on card or anything like that, but when you get that, that elephant logo on an, on an A's card, it's always a good day. There's our boy, Tolly. Wayne Tollison at the plate, kisser of the week. 62 of his 67 hits this season have been singles. <laughs> of course they have. There it is. And there's number 60 and fucking there's, three. There's number 63. Bloop single out to uh, to left center. And we've got Tolly at first base uh, showing off that kisser. Is that Stump Merrill at first coaching? Kind of looked like it. That, I mean, he's short enough. I think that is Stump. That might be Stump Merrill. Uh, I got to look, I got to get a closer look at his cheek. Cause if his cheeks poking out three and a half inches, uh, then, then yes. And we got Ricky here after, after that amazing play in the outfield, I will be surprised if he doesn't give us a little taste of something sweet here. I, I loved Ricky. I was a huge Ricky fan. I had, 100%. Uh, I had 
uh, neon green batting gloves because he had neon green batting gloves. And that was one of the first rookie cards I got because that was, you know, it was a really fucking expensive thing. It was over like a hundred bucks back in the late eighties. I was a big fan of uh, Ricky, of uh, uh, Dion. Like, I have Dion's rookie card from Top Traded. Yeah, I do too. That year as well. Um, and then uh, I was a, a big fan of uh, Willie Mays Hayes, much in the same <laughs> vein as, as Ricky Henderson. Isn't that the uh, classic Black Thunder White Lightning? One of my favorite films from from the time period. Speaking of the time period and our favorite films, do you know the two uh, the two movies that opened on the seventeenth of July, nineteen eighty seven that uh, that may be uh, of some interest to you in in your history? Mm, Howard the Duck. Nope. Nope. Mm. Uh, first, you got Jaws: The Revenge. Okay. Right. But more importantly, open the day before this uh, this game, RoboCop. Oh, wow. You know, I was never mm-hmm. a big RoboCop fan. No, really? Nah, you don't I, remember when, when RoboCop shot that guy in the dick? I, I watched the movie. I just never, oh, okay. it never, it never did much for me. Got it. Got it. I don't I, know. I think oh, Ricky gets on base uh, with a walk. That was kind of a stupid fucking move. Yeah, you got Tolleson and Henderson also known as White Lightning and Black Thunder on Black the base. Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's get this right. It's Black Thunder and White Lightning. I can't. I, yeah. I'm sorry. White White Thunder and Black Lightning. Correct. I'm not sure which one it is. It it works either way. I think. Um, I did come across something interesting here as I'm searching for the coaching staff. But the, do you know? So the local TV WPIX, the team mm-hmm. is. Um, Bill Rizzuto, Bill White, and Billy Martin. Bill White. Yep, Bill White. Yep. Do you know who who is on Sports Channel New York? At this time? It's yes. 87, right? Yes. Uh, is it Oberman? Ken Hawk Harrelson. Fuck off! It's the Hawk. He's, he's doing Yankee games in 87. He's doing well, tell you what, Phil. with Mickey Mantle. Oh, man. What a time to be alive in New York City. You know, he, it's like you, you, you're you're walking around. You stop at Dinky Donuts. He's dunking his donuts at Dinky Donuts. <laughs> and then and then you turn on the, the Yankees game that night, and he's sitting there with Ken Hawk Harrelson shooting the breeze about the uh, the Yankees-Rangers game where, where Donnie Baseball hits his eighth straight home run. A magical time to be in the Big Apple. I mean, you go to Times Square and there's still actually hookers there. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm really sad that I missed out on that. Not being able to be a part of that. Ooh. Ricky Henderson, not happy about that one. They did not get Ricky. I guarantee you they didn't get Ricky there. I have a feeling that old uh, old blue number 13 had some kind of... uh, uh, racial bias against Ricky in this instance. That uh, that would be second base umpire Daryl Cousins. Daryl Cousins, famous racist, huge fucking racist. Allegedly, yes. Allegedly. Up. Oh. Uh oh. 
Uh, it drops into to center field. That's a that's a double. Is it a double? It is because they can't get the the ball to the right fucking place. Jerry Brown is electric. <laughs> boogie woogie woogie. You see, that was an electric slide reference, folks. Yes, yes. Okay, all right. You got a feeling. Can you imagine being a fly on the woogie? wall during one of those Hawk Harrelson, Mickey Mantle, like? The off-air comments. Holy cow. You want to talk about blatant racism. Oh, man. There's lots of isms going on. (laughs) Oh, here comes great. This is Billy shitting on Bobby Valentine. Phil Rizzuto. I heard Bobby Valentine say that managers are getting away from the bunt altogether. Can you believe that? Do you hear what Billy said? No. I think he should just fucking speak for Bobby Valentine and not everybody else. (laughs) You do a really great Billy Martin, I'm realizing, as I hear him talk. Holy shit. (laughs) He also said in the paper today that uh, fucking... He says something and he goes, and he's like, I'm not sure if we were watching the same fucking game. (laughs) He even said the F word on picks on Mighty uh-huh, Pixie. It's uh-huh. perfect. Yeah. It's on my feet. Didn't, didn't bleep him out. Nothing. It's a different time. It was. 1987 in New York City. Cocaine just pouring out of the gutters. Oh. Wow, that was terrible. Tollison saved it. Tolly sure saved did. It. Yep. That's why they call him the vacuum cleaner. That and he can suck a fucking dick off of your body. You know why they call him the vacuum cleaner? Because he's got a glove. No, 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 no. It's because he can suck a mean dick. Oh, yeah. I once heard a lady say she could suck start a 747, and it never left me. I remembered that for 20-something years. She was a disgusting woman. You would not want to fly on that plane. They tried it again. She had oh, a boyfriend. Uh huh. And well, we I'm re- sure she did. Yeah. We, we referred to this man as Mullet King because he had a really fucking great mullet. Uh, I worked in, uh, I, I told everybody last week, I worked in country radio for seven years. And uh, actually, the guy oh. who's, who's. My oh. God, the fielding is Look just so bad. Tolleson it's really, really bad. With a throw that puts Pagliarulo in the eye of the storm, and he gets fucking upended by Jerry Brown. He could have fucking thrown the third there. It would Snake have. Scooter. Yep. yep. Uh, How about it, that? Anyway, yeah, uh, the uh, the the afternoon guy at the radio station, um, who who's actually still the afternoon guy at the radio station I worked at between my, the ages of sixteen and twenty three or twenty four. Uh, that. So, so thirty three, forty, uh, twenty twenty years, and he was there five or six years before. So he's been there for like thirty years. Is Mike the Mullet Man Summers? Nice. Uh, he leans full into it. Got a, got a voice of God though. 
Um, so if anybody wants to see what Mike the Mullet Man Summers looks like, point your browser to www.indiana105.com uh and and go ahead and look at the uh the the pictures of the djs and if you don't like if there's ever been anyone deserving of the nickname mullet man it's mike summers what is um what size of town is mike in that he radios at so it's a uh, Valparaiso, Indiana, home of Valparaiso University, which I'm sure you're familiar with. You probably yes. heard of it. Yes. Uh, Bryce, uh, Bryce, uh, whatever the fuck his last name was. Uh, I was in Drew. high school. Bryce Drew. Yeah, I yeah. was in high school when they, he hit that three pointer. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Valpo. Uh, it's about. I would say it's probably 150,000 people in Valpo. So this guy's in a but, college town. Oh yes, he sure is. Uh, but it's also a very it's 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 deceiving because Valpo is one of the bigger towns in Northwest Indiana, but all of Northwest Indiana is very rural. Like there are farms everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so like, and because the signal at the station is so big, um, the 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 name of the the way that we would come in and out of breaks is the country station from Chicago to South Bend, Indiana one hundred and five, uh, and it's it's because the signal would go all the way from Chicago all the way around the lake yeah. over to South Bend. And so he is a pretty wide, wide bunch of folks, but it's all, all country, all so, like, like farmers and stuff. I, I got a feeling Mike's fucking the fat girls at the college, like the chubby freshman sophomores. It's, it's, uh, he, he went through a divorce when I was there at the, at the station. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, no, I know he was, he was living in a, in an apartment on a farm, uh, <laughs> like Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. <laughs> Correct. Uh, oh, fuck me, man. Look at that. Did asshole. I tell you or did I tell you? He's totally <laughs> trying to fuck those fat college girls. They're all tan and blonde, but they're pretty fat. It, he's cool with it though. Just looking at mounds of ass as he looks down. Yep, I see him. Get good looking man. Good looking man, Mike Summers. Yankees uh. in the pin up. Yeah, not a not a great performance uh by the starting pitcher. Who is this? Dennis Rasmussen. Ah. With a name like Rasmussen. Rasmussen. Uh, I'm sure there's been some Nazis murdered in his family. Or, I'm sorry, Jews murdered. Excuse me. Yeah, a little this, a little that. Oh, we got a base wow. hit on a hit and run. All the way down the left field there. line. Got lost. Ricky's looking for it. Took a bad hop on him. Yeah, not great. Not great. We got one in. It is uh, one to nothing Rangers two in nothing. the... Two nothing. Oh, two nothing Rangers in the bottom of the third. Yeah, that creates an inning for you. It's, you know, you get a hit and then it's like, let's light this motherfucking candle and fuck this shit up, you know? Yeah, it took a really bad hop. It hits that that left corner and just bounces right in front of him. So he's got a completely changed direction. Uh, would have saved one of the, it would have saved the run, I think, if he had gotten to it without that bounce. Sweet Lou Pinella, skipper of the Yankees. Now Lou Pinella... Was Lou Pinella the manager of the Mariners at some point? Am I losing my yeah. mind? Yeah, he was in 95, like we talked about, right? Yeah, he was the manager when they were good. 
Yeah, I thought so. Okay, good. I'm not out of my mind. No, I do remember no. things. Uh, Ruben High Sierra. I had so many Ruben Sierra cards. Oh man. Yep that ninety that ninety Donruss with the uh, the white uh, script on the red red card. Ruben like, Sierra all day. Uh huh. Look at that. Imagine that. Billy's got a problem with Ruben Sierra's batting. That's just a bad fucking approach. Bad piece of hitting by this fucking guy. He should have went to right field with that shit. I didn't want to get too deep in Billy because he deserves his own thing because he was oh, a we'll get to him. fucking yeah. train wreck. You ever Made see that Rocks is burning? No, I never did. That's is that a 30 by 30? Is that a 30 for 30? No. Well, I, they might have had oh. one. It was that. We got a pickle. Pickle. Tolleson. Oh, and that's the end of that. Tolleson loses his hat. Did he lose his glasses too? I don't know if that was Tolleson or the Zarula guy. The second baseman. Yeah. 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 Both both the same man. Um Yeah. No, that's yeah, that's the second, second baseman. Tolly's getting out of the way there. Mm-hmm. Um what were we talking about? Oh yeah, Bronx is burning. No, it was a um it was like a I don't know if a mini series was the right word. It was a series. They did like, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 episodes. I, I thought maybe even a season or two, but um, it was basically just about the Yankees in the seventies. It was like a drama. And I think uh, John Leguizamo plays Billy Martin. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. They got, uh, you know, it's got Thurman Munson, Reggie Jackson, the, all the, that time frame. And Thurman Munson, isn't that the, the kid that, uh, the name of the character that, that played Billy Bob Thornton's little, the little kid in Bad Santa, Thurman Munson? Thurman Merman. Thurman Merman. Yeah. Okay. Same, same. Jesus uh, Christ, kid, what is you and the fucking sandwiches? His fucking hand is just a bloody hump. <laughs> just a stump. It's just, just, oh, God, that movie's no, so fucking Thurman, great. Thurman Munson it was the Yankee captain that died. In a plane with Buddy Holly. <laughs> no, wait, that was Roberto Clemente. No, you're thinking of the big bopper. Oh, that's right. Uh, Mr. Belding. He, he played, yeah, no. Uh, uh, Dick Belding. <laughs> do, do, do. Strings on the china. <laughs> Wesley, bring me my Reuben Sierra baseball cards. Wesley, bring me my Reuben sandwich from the refrigerator. <laughs> Yeah, uh, fouled that off, but hit the, mm-hmm. the the stuffing out of the ball. And this this at bat has been going on for exactly seventeen and a half minutes. Yeah, not a bad at bat for a poor hitter, according to Billy Martin. Oh, blasted the hell out of that ball, and it drops in yep. between left and center. And we got multi bases here. Looks like a double. Nope, he's Oof. pushing into a triple, and he made it. Quick little Ruben Sierra making things happen. You know, he got really fucking lucky there. He was sitting on that off-speed <laughs> stuff, wasn't he? Uh-huh. 
Billy's drunk. Okay, that's 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 the end of Rasmussen on the mound. I'm afraid we got Sweet Lou making the, his way the third uh, base out coach. to the mound. Did you see him go down like a fucking sniper? Got him. I did. Yep. Something's got to give here. Oh, we got a pitching change. I wish I I I do, I do hope one day we get to the point where oh oh yeah we got a little commercial. Look at There's this There's a, a some kind of big cat on the field it's along with Ricky, a cheetah, cheetah and Ricky Henderson in a foot race between second and third base. Uh huh. You don't I mean, believe everything you hear now, do you? And Jesus. And Ricky looks over to the cheetah as they're walking down the corridor. Same time tomorrow, coach. Be there, you're fucking dead. It's a it's an advertisement for uh, WPIX. Gotta get uh, the people the, the to tune game. in. Got Charles Hudson out uh in relief of Rasmussen, seven and two on the year. Fifty five strikeouts. Not gonna be much of a career for Charles. It's a real shame. Who's in the batter's box here? Who's up to bat? We're going to find out soon enough, I'm sure. They're claiming that Ruben missed the bag. Umpires say, piss off. Larry Parrish. Larry Parrish. This this is a tall drink of water, Larry Parrish. He is a very, very Texas Ranger man in the vein of Peony Incabilia as well. Larry's a burly bastard. Is it is it a double R in Parish? I believe so, yes. Pete. You got your double R in Larry, your double R in Parish. This is a yep, there it is. Larry Parish. DH. My goodness. It's they a good baseball name, too. Mr. Danger Ranger. Uh it's Larry Parish. Mr. Danger Ranger. I'm gonna go out and fuck bitches with Mike the Moon Pie Mullen, Indiana, <laughs> whatever his name was. <laughs> It's Mike the Mullet Man Summers on Indiana 105. God, an institution. He's like Bobby Knight. No doubt about it, man. That's a it's a heritage country station uh, in in Valpo, Indiana, and that that station, uh, the 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 founder of the radio station was was uh, Len Ellis. And Len Ellis is one of the first radio hosts ever inducted into Country Music Hall of Fame. That's fucking fascinating. What happened? <laughs> We're too busy talking about country radio. We're talking about the Country I've, Music Hall of Fame, and we got some shit going on. Oh, we're looking for shoe polish on the ball. Ah, they're looking to see if the ball ah. was fouled off his foot. <clears throat> got it. What a wild scenario. Like, it, the, the batter didn't even move. It's 1980s baseball, baby. Larry Parrish. Ted Hendry says, Uh-oh. Fuck you. Go sit down. Parrish, you go suck your fucking dick in the dugout, bitch. Oh, there's Bobby Valentine. Bobby. Bobby's heated. Well, it's real funny. Like, and then the, in the in the 
in the booth they're 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 just talking about how nobody talks to each other anymore mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just it's it, it was the magic of Rizzuto. it's just like this guy they got like, they got a lot of things that is that are no longer happening you know they're they're discussing than the good old days Lupinella not not very happy with the way this game is going for his boys in that in that dugout right now. You don't want to be on his bad side. I imagine being around Lupinella when he's pissed off is like being around Tony Soprano when he's pissed off. Uh, like I want nothing to do with this guy. It's got to be very annoying. Yes, I'm. I'm sure he's screaming a lot, lots of tantrums. Another tall drink of water in the in the in the the box uh, who is this O'Brien. oh this is pete we're back to pete o'brien all right i think the announcers are making sex jokes something about being hot can you imagine phil rizzuto and billy martin talking sex <laughs> you know uh, i was i was getting a blowjob the other night and and my wife she she put a finger she put a little finger in my butthole while she was blowing me. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I didn't. I didn't think I would like it, but I did like it a lot. I mean, I came and I came and I came. It just never stopped. Philly, you're one of those fancy boys. I, I gotta tell you, it wasn't <laughs> something that I expected. It was, yeah, I'm very much. I'm a man's man. You know this. I, you know, I got two Z's in my last name. I'm a man's man. You're going uh, to the fucking Elton John concert, aren't you, buddy? I do hope. I, I gotta tell you, I do hope that my, uh, uh, my, uh, my past is not listening to this because I'm not gonna be excommunicated from the Catholic Church. If they find out that they put it. Said my wife put a finger in my butthole. You know who's a good Catholic, there, Phil. Oh, Tom Pachoric, Wimpy for the White Sox. Uh, that... <laughs> Him and uh, the guy that did uh, Mr. Belvedere. What was his name? Lynn Belvedere. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, oh. I heard he was a lifelong Catholic. Lifelong, uh-huh. devout Catholic and a bachelor. A bachelor his whole life. That's right. Good thing it's he had too... that Wesley boy. It's 2-0 to Donnie Baseball. I don't want to miss anything in case this is the at-bat. So. Yep. Uh, Uh-oh. There it is. There it is. That is the eighth straight game when we get the Rizzuto Holy Cow. Holy cow. Two of them. Two Holy Cows. And the Rangers fans are on their feet Mm -hmm. for Don Mattingly because this, friends, was a happening. It's tied the Major League record. That's just fucking outstanding. What a great thing to be a be, be be there for it. One of those 41,000 fans. You got to imagine some of them thought there's a chance that this is going to happen and that's why we want to be there. Mm-hmm. A good amount of them had no, no conception, I really believe. I think that there is a very good chance that probably for 99% of these people, this was the highlight of their life. I mean, they live in Texas, of course. Look at this. Back to back. Love that. Claudel unfortunately, Washington. unfortunately, I saw what the final score of this game was <laughs> before we started, and so I'm not as excited. Spoiler. 
This Bud's uh, for Bud, you. Budweiser apparently had some sort of sponsorship with the team uh, where if there was a home run, uh, then they got a little logo graphic on the screen and uh, they went back to back. And so we got a little This Bud's for you graphic on the screen as, you know, I'm sure you're all watching along, so you all saw it. And if you're not watching along, then start the podcast over and start fucking watching along, you dipshits. Exactly. I mean, you're going to want to hear Billy Martin here. I think, who knows, that Bud Budweiser ad might have triggered him. Um, <laughs> not sure where he is in his journey, but who knows? Billy could be getting thirsty. I'd like to see those ads come back, though. Let's get back. Remember Harry Carey singing the fucking songs? The Bud, Bud Man Cup fan? Come on. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I grew up in Northwest Indiana, as you know. Yes. And so all of our TV shows were Chicago. Uh, all of our stations were Chicago local. So like the Bozo show was big deal, right? Oh, huge. Um, I think I put it away, but I I had a Bozo uh, uh, pop Funko Pop on my desk. Bozo was was my guy. I, you... Every morning I watched Bozo Ooh. the Clown before I went to school. Yeah, yeah. I always wanted to play that fucking game where you toss the balls. The grand prize game. Yeah, Absolutely. You could get yourself a box of fucking Archway cookies if you got to number three. <laughs> That's all I ever fucking wanted were some oatmeal raisin fucking Archways, motherfucker. <laughs> Can you imagine if something like Bozo came along today? What would happen? <laughs> I mean, you got a you got a wizard clown in full regalia with a little idol going around touching kids on their nose, going dooty 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 doo. They would no, it would it would it would it would last a week and a half on the air. You would have people claiming that he was going to be the next governor of California or something. <laughs> Like just ridiculous. Like we we can't have a world of bozo anymore because we live in a world of bozos. God, truer words were never said there, Blakers. I uh, this is a a pathetic excuse for an existence we're living. Yeah, yeah, you know, we definitely shit the bed on sports announcers because we used oh, to. Oh come on, it's all it's all garbage the best sports announcer in the last 20 years is fictional so (laughs) you know like i i don't understand why we want this just boring bitch ass bland ass world like these guys on tv today just suck they're all nauseating like what the fuck is is that you with bozo and cookie Yep, me, Bozo, Cookie, and Wizzo. Oh, uh, fuck. They, uh, they came out to, and did like meet and greets at C2E2 a couple of years ago. Is that the original Bozo? No, no, no. Original Bozo's been dead for a long time. That doesn't mean anything. Maybe you dug him up. It's a good point. I've done it in the past. One fifty forty two. Okay, I'm going to edit that one. Stop tell Cookie. What's he, Bozo? <laughs> Why don't you want me to know that you were digging up corks, corpses? You see, Cookie was you called can't Cookie keep a because fucking secret Cookie. See, Cookie was named Cookie because he was a chef. He's a cook. 
That's why they called him Cookie. Did you know that? No, I just assumed he ate cookies. Yep. <laughs> Archways. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's a tie-in synergy. Uh-huh. It's cross-branding. Branded cook, cook, vehicular cookies. He's a branded cook. Well, what do we got there? Cookie juice. <laughs> Fuck off. Archway. Pagliulo. Uh, that is a double. He Oh, just barely makes it. He slides yep. head first in the second, and uh, they can't get the... Can't get the leather on him. We've had some wild base running in this game. Really just out of control. Like there's no control whatsoever amongst these men. And I think it comes down to a couple of very specific things. Uh Uh-huh. Cocaine, chewing tobacco, and beer. Yes. These men are... The three things things that are most missing in baseball today. Mm -hmm. These men are playing... To win this fucking game. They really are. They're not thinking about their next contract. And it shows. It shows deeply. And anybody that tells you different is being intellectually dishonest with you. This fucking meathead, Mark Salas, the catcher. Who's this asshole? Just, he looks he looks like an you know, do you take it back right? He looks like an extra on the Sopranos, is what he fucking looks like. He's an oaf. He is. He look. Yeah, he's an oaf. He kind of looks like. I mean, he looks like Pete Rose now. He's kind of like a, a mook. He's got some jowl action happening. Uh, uh, he, he's he's letting this uh, this grooming rule go a little bit because his hair is a bit shaggy. He doesn't have any facial hair, but he looks like he didn't he didn't properly bathe for a little while. He's gonna slap oh, that at Pete. That is a Oof. double play. Look at that. Uh, uh, three two double play. Three six. Oh, are you sure that wasn't the shortstop? That was a shortstop. Shortstop. Oh, six. oh, so, sorry. Major yep, two. it was a shortstop. Okay, yep. fine. Fuck you. Yeah, take it up with Major League Baseball. Yep. Yeah, slap that bitch. Mark, he didn't get any of it. Fuck you. He got all of it. That was a good solid fucking hit, Gabe. He got it all. Right on the fucking barrel, buddy. Yep. Detroit ahead of Seattle, ten to six on this day. The Tigers would go on to make the American League Championship Series this year. White Sox are creaming Cleveland. Do you hear that? I did. Creaming them. I did. It's all about come, as we all know. That was Billy. Yep. I mean, Billy Martin. He shows up at WrestleMania, does he not? He does, yes. He's yeah. the guest ring announcer. Mm-hmm. He's two years post that gig here. Back around to Pete and Cavilia. Look at Pete. Walked his, his first time up. Pete and his stirrups. I know that's another thing that's missing from baseball is the stirrups. Frankly, I don't. Yeah. I I still don't really know what they're for. Frankly, I don't. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wore them by God because they gave them to us as part of the uniform. And if you weren't wearing the fucking uniform, you didn't play the fucking game. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I had socks that just had a line on them. Oh, did you? Yeah. No, we had real stirrups. No. Yep. Yeah, I don't I don't understand I mean, what they're for either. Really. I mean I mean practically, right? They they hook under your heel, they mm-hmm. wrap around the top of your socks so they keep your socks from falling down. 
right? I would imagine. But why the fuck do we need that? Why are we? Why do we have socks that don't have enough fucking elastic in them to stay on our our fucking calves throughout a baseball game? Because I'm pretty certain that, like, even in the old timey uniforms and shit, like they Dateline Omaha. Dateline Cooperstown in the first baseball uniforms and breaking news they are very fucking uncomfortable but no stirrups uh like I feel like they just had like because their shit like came up to the knees and they just had long socks right yeah and like pirate shirts yeah, yeah I, so I don't know I don't know why they went to the stir it just looks like a fashion thing to me it's a 70s thing you know again we're 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 sitting at this uh uh, this, 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 the precipice of, of this, the entire world being right at our fingertips. So I'm going to find out why. I'll listen to Billy Martin tell me about confidence. Stirrup started as a way to prevent injuries while preserving baseball players' comfort. And oh. modern stirrups continue that tradition. While they provide extra support for your ankles and the balls of your foot, they're not bulky or hard to move in. In fact, many baseball players call them the most comfortable socks. But stirrups aren't socks. So what the fuck is this talking about? Most contemporary baseball players do not wear stirrup socks as uniform pants that extend all the way down to the ankle have become increasingly popular since the mid-90s. So we were kind of at the tail end of the stirrups thing, it appears. Uh-huh, yes, they are... Yeah, they pretty much go away. Yeah, around the midnight. The guys start wearing long pants. You can't even see any fucking sock. There's Don Mattingly, five foot three. <laughs> 117 pounds. He looks like a He's little a Hoosier. boy. The Hoosiers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know how they, uh, how, w- w- now it's a bit, it's uh-oh. a bit divided. Some people believe it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Stanley deep to the corner. Oh. Ricky Henderson. Ricky with the snow cone. Love that. Look at that flare. What a delight. Um, it's, that's a, that's a 19, late 1980s baseball play. Mm-hmm. You don't see that shit anymore. You just don't. It's, uh. Look at him. Awesome. Just awesome. Look at him. Boom! Backhand snow cone. It's a butte, Clark. A butte. Did that a fucking did that, catch? Did that fucking kid fuck with him? <laughs> Who shell back in the box? Oh no, Hoosier. We're talking about Hoosiers. Uh, so there's a bit of a debate as to where the 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 name Hoosier came from. But my favorite of you know, obviously, like, uh, and it's probably the same in other states. Like, when you were in fourth grade in, uh, where were you in fourth grade? What state were you in? Missouri. Yeah. When you were in, in fourth grade in Missouri, um, what, uh, did they do state history in, in Missouri? Yeah. Uh, in we fourth started grade? learning about all the bullshit, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, for us, it was like fourth fourth grade was state history, and then fifth grade was U.S. history, and then sixth grade was, like, world history. Um, and, uh, that's a strikeout. That's the end of the inning. Um, but, uh, they covered Indiana history in fourth grade and there's a bunch of different stories about it, but essentially, uh, the, the prevailing wisdom is that there was some kind of giant fight in a tavern, uh, or a bar 
in 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 and around the uh, the uh, the state capital at the time, which is in a town called Vincennes in uh, in southern Indiana, kind of close to Evansville, actually the uh, the home base for for one Donnie baseball. Uh, but Beach? essentially, essentially, somebody at the end of the uh, the fight finds a, an ear on the floor. Somebody oh. cut somebody else's ear off, and the person who found it picked <laughs> it up, raised it in the air, and said, "Who's ear? Who's ear?" And I'm not even making that up. You should look it up. <laughs> and that's where the the word Hoosier comes from. Is that serious? Uh, it's one of the thoughts, one of the the, the theories. Are they it. plant yeah. a lemon tree too? <laughs> I had an onion tied to my belt, <laughs> as was the style at the time. <laughs> now drink your beet juice. That's something we didn't talk much about. Is uh, uh, Donnie Baseball's uh, cameo on The Simpsons? Yeah, Mattingly, cut those sideburns. We we also had a uh, Simpsons alum, Steve Sachs, last week. We did indeed. Uh, we will have another Simpsons alum next week. Oh, trying to think, uh, Mets. Oh, I'm so excited about next week. I can't wait until you get to tell them what's, what's oh, going yeah. next. Yeah. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but uh, you're you're going to be very happy to, to stick around for next week's Tickle your episode balls of the whole a little bit. Mm-hmm. Speaking of tickling Wayne balls. Wayne takes a strike down around the ankles. Takes a... That's generally where his cock hangs, so he's used to it. A lot of, a lot of ways we could go with that one there. Grabs his ankles. Oh. oh, trying to do a slash bunt. Old Wayne Tolson with the bunt. You know, Bobby Valentine doesn't believe in the bunt. And so he's his guys aren't going to be prepared for it. That's true. Reverse psychology. Psychology, he psychology. Said, uh, Rizzuto just said it's 99 degrees. And that he there's no way he could live in either Florida or Texas. Uh, because it makes things far too wet, and uh, oh, 91 degrees. Uh, not there it is. However, uh, you know, the only place that I like at 91 degrees is in the bedroom because it makes it easier for my wife to slip a pinky finger into my butthole. Holy cow! But holy cow, Ricky in the box, one man on. That's a strike. Oof. Watch that one just fly right by him. Holy shit. Ricky with a walk in the third. Yep. Bouncer to short. And that's, that's going to be tough. Another double play. Oh, they double up Ricky. Don't see that every day. That's the end of that ending uh, once more. This is uh, moving along at a rapid clip. Tie ball game, two to two, going into uh, the bottom of the fifth inning. Hey, what's this? Whitey Ford? Oh, fuck. This is outstanding. Yeah, right, Whitey. (laughs) What? Oh, Chiquita wow. Banana Watch Day, yes. August 1st at Yankee Stadium, 2.20 p.m. versus Detroit. 
For tickets, call the Yankee box office, 212-293-2000. I need one of those Chiquita Banana watches, and I'm going to eBay right now to find one. I was just a city boy. Whitey Ford, really, really in need of a Chiquita Banana uh, digital watch. Hey, Whitey, did you hear that that Scoot likes a finger in his ass? Well, look, you know, my wife, she slipped it in there. Uh, I mean, at least she didn't lose a watch up there. (laughs) I'm pretty excited about that. There's very few of us that that have the ability uh, to, to not lose a watch like that. Oh my God! You're this is they're they're like twenty seven thirty bucks. Oh really? There's three of them. There's uh-huh. three of them. There you I'm go. Drop the link in the chat so you can, you can go look at it. Outstanding. Do you no longer want it now that you know it's so cheap? No. <laughs> you don't know shit about me. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> If it's not a one-on-one, I don't fucking want it. <laughs> They're in the box and everything. They're really fucking cool. There's a, a quote on the front. It says, have a good time at the game, Miss Chiquita. Oh. Yeah. Do we know good who shit. Miss Chiquita is? I mean, you know, the chick with the fruit on her head. Oh, is that oh, it? The Chiquita banana, and I'm here to say. Yeah. No, I don't know that. No, it's very racist shit. Oh. Uh, Billy Robinson would love it. No, not Billy toast? Robinson. You, you know, <laughs> like you Billy be, Martin. Oh, Jarrell Monsoon <laughs> would love it. It's a happening. It's like, what the fuck's a banana's got to do with beans and toast? It's all part of a complete breakfast. I've come to to notice a trend that Billy seems to find lackadaisical traits in players of color. Go on. What do you mean? Well, um, guys, it it seems like he seems to find a way to make a comment about how a, a man who is not white is is doing something lazily or sloppily on the ball field. Okay. Ruben Sierra's uh, poor hitting, and I believe he said something there about something about Jerry Brown being sloppy or something. I was in the middle of pontificating and trying to listen at the same time. Let's see what, what... What uh, what Billy has to say about Bob Brower? I mean, maybe maybe we'll be able to determine if if it if it is racially motivated. I think ask Reggie Jackson. He's got an opinion. Oh no, <laughs> he does seriously. Really? Oh yeah, like him, Billy Martin, fucking not not good. Mr. October. Pretty certain in uh, Bronx is Bernie. Well, you know, it's a TV show, whatever, but alludes or calls him a racist on that. Rest in peace, though. Billy's gone. Uh, He's come to his alcoholism. Liver quit on him. 
were his eyes as yellow as uh, Keith Keith Jarrett's, uh, yeah. Keith Jarrett's eyes? Maybe if you could have put the two of them together, you could have gotten a few more years out of whatever the fusion well, look, man, was. I just, I just got to tell you, I really enjoy my liquor and my cigarettes. And when I'm having a nice, you know, a, 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 a gallon and a half of Basil Hayden's every night, and I'm writing my stories for the, the Citizen Times, and I, it just, it's, it's what you enjoy doing as a man. You, you, you smoke two and a half packs, you drink a gallon and a half of basil, and you, you, you crank out really fantastic, fascinating stories about the, uh, uh, the 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 ball players and the the sports sportsmen of uh, of the deep south and it's it's a it's a love that I would not trade for anything including my liver function <laughs> including my liver function do I have a kids do I have a wife I do I do I have both of those things but none of them are as important as my basil Haydens I don't even know a fucking Basil Hayden's is man. What is that? It's 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 some kind of booze. It just sounds very <laughs> southern, so it worked for the bit. Uh, it's a bourbon. Uh, there's a bourbon and rye whiskey. Uh, you can get either one, straight bourbon or dark rye whiskey. Basil Hayden's. Former New York Yankees great Reggie Jackson told the MLB Network the late Billy Martin used racist and anti-Semitic epithets when he managed Jackson and other players. Epithets, not epitaphs. Sorry. Epitaph is what was on his his, his tombstone. <laughs> but you know, it could Maybe very they put well it be on there. You know? <laughs> it could very well be. He had to get one last shot in to anybody that came to see him. <laughs> one ball, two strikes. Mark Salas uh, uh, chasing after balls and being the mook that he is. And there's uh, a couple runners on. It's. Uh, it's not looking good for the Yankees here in the uh, bottom of the fifth. Got to protect the plate when you got two strikes on you. That's what I told my wife in bed last night. And she <laughs> said, I'm going to take home base. I don't care what you say, Phil. I think we all know Mrs. Rizzuto has an insatiable appetite for cum. She needs to have the cake frosted on her tummy. I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I've never, I, I've ne- you know, I know I keep going on and on about it, but I can't, you know, coming, coming as hard as I came, <laughs> I've, I can't, I can't tell you how, what a real delight it was. I, uh, you, you would think even something as small as a pinky finger in your butthole, <laughs> it would hurt. It would feel bad. Uh, you, 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 you combine it with, uh, you know, the act of, of, you know, ejac- ejaculation. Uh, it's a, it's a real, it's a winner. I gotta be honest with you. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. You know, Cora has a very smooth pinky. Thanks, <laughs> Cora, by the way. I love that. I love that. I, of course, my brain went to Joey Cora, but, but. She passed sure Joey Cora's Okay. Rest her soul. Rest her asshole pinky loving soul. Did. Did you see the ad in left field? The Japan. No, no, I, I didn't. Japan fly Delta, and it has a geisha on it. <sighs> Fuck yes, it does. That's why I'm a Delta loyalist. Diamond <laughs> medallion, baby. Diamond medallion. 
There's base, another base hit. Base uh, advances the runner. He got runners at first and third with no outs in the bottom of the fifth. I just said that, Phil. Do your job a lot better. Phil, you're dead. We're not. Holy cow. We're working on it, though. I got to tell you, you know, I really didn't expect. Uh, when when Cora broke out the KY, I said, honey, honey, you've never had problems with lubrication before. What are we doing here? <laughs> and uh, much to my surprise, it wasn't for her. Did she put it on your schmeckle? She put a little on there. You know, she was, <laughs> there were hands everywhere. They were on my balls. She was on my cock a little bit. Uh, but but what it comes down to is when she she just she lubed up that pinky finger and introduced it to my uh, brown eye, as it were. Uh, it was just a a real. It was an eye opener, as it. Yeah, you, know, you see what I did there? It's a, just a, a crazy thing. I said. I said, "Holy cow! We got to do this every time, Cora." Was Billy there? Uh, B- Billy, I, I sent him some some. Uh, I, I sent him a, a a couple of photos. We uh, we've got a, a a studio down in the basement, and uh, Cora took a couple of photos, and so I uh, I went down and I took the uh, the film out, and we we prepared the bath for the film, and I put it in there, and uh, and and uh, got them all developed up in the 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 the, the, the dark the, room the the, the the dark room. Thank you. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I called the courier and we had him couriered over to Billy's house so he could take a look that night. You know, uh-huh. it's, uh, uh-huh. uh, it was uh, don't you think that didn't you enjoy it, Billy? You know, the, I tell you, I really did enjoy it, Phil. My favorite part was uh, when, when I was looking at your asshole, buddy. Look good. Yeah, well, you know, she 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 likes me to keep a clean house. And so. <laughs> And so she asked me a couple of years ago for the first time, uh, you, you know, she, this is the first time she ever tried to make entry, but, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, she said, you know, y- you could really use a, a nice trim down there. I mean, what would George say if he saw your pubic hair is what she said to me. And I said, it's a good point. You know, it's, it's a not very well trimmed. And so from that point on, I kept a nice little landing strip, uh, right there, just kind of. Uh, sometimes I'll I'll shoot a couple of uh, angles on it, so it kind of looks like an arrow pointing down to my 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 pecka. And uh, <laughs> I do always try to, to to shave off the uh, the extra wiry boys off of my testicles. You know those wiry boys that stick out. If she's blowing me, it's gonna poke her in the face, and I don't want that. I want it to be a good experience for her. So she continues to go down on me and touch my pecka. Uh, so you know it's uh, you know it's been a pretty clean environment down there. So I do appreciate you mentioning. That you could actually see my butthole. I'm 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 happy that you enjoyed it, and we'll uh, we'll make sure to courier over the next pictures uh, when I get home tonight. Uh, you know, depending on how the rest of this game goes, it could be very well be a late one for me. But uh, just stay tuned. I've got somebody on call. I fucking appreciate that, Phil. Thank you very much. Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, we're still in the bottom of the fifth. <laughs> what the fuckers? Oh, you okay? 
Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> possessed by horny Phil Rizzuto for a long time. Wow. He's he's got a point to make. <laughs> well, you know, it was, it was really Cora that was making the point. If we're gonna get uh, serious about this, she, she put you know, the point she, in my she ass. Clipped a, she clipped the nails. It was a delight. That Holy. is a goner. That is wow. a three-run blast. Hey, that lazy swing of Ruben Sierra got a ball out of the yard. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Ruben Sierra with a three-run homer uh, here in the bottom of the fifth. That gives the Rangers a 5-2 to two lead. That's what I said, Phil. You know, I, I, I wonder if he was, he was stealing some signs or something because he really hit that one hard. Let's see, we're gonna make a make an excuse for it. What do you got, Billy? Yeah, shut up! I want to hear Billy. Billy's got nothing to say. Maybe that says it all. Yeah, that bat speed was insane, though. You see how fast that that bat came around? Ooh. Unbelievable! Ooh, pinching Give him inside. a little little chin music on that one. Oh, Larry Parrish, back up to bat. I'm not throwing at Larry Parrish. I, look at how big this motherfucker is. He he could very well be Robert Parrish's brother if he was black. Um, I mean, you know, there's there's um, the whole cum thing. So he could be yep. shooting frozen rope like Parrish. They're brothers in cum. Well, there's no question. I mean, you had to you had to knock twice on the. The clubhouse door there at the ballpark but in Arlington. Also, too, you know and that's two. That's two upstairs that uh, that our our boy here has thrown. He's he's kind of asking for it here. But I do think also when you look at Larry and Robert, they are the perfect example of the harmony we can have that we also see in the black and white cookie. It's good. It would you look to the cookie. That is the place. Mm-hmm. My goodness, I feel like this man's trying to hit Larry. And Larry's going to beat his ass if he does. Like, yeah, Larry's got a whole lot of patience so far. Like, I think I already would have lost my mind after Larry was upset earlier. Look. In the dugout. And then he comes out here and has to deal with this bullshit. Um, mm. Larry, Larry's glad that, that he is being given the opportunity to build to explosion. Larry's like, okay, do it one more fucking time. Mark Zalas just jammed his finger on the fucking pole. (laughs) And he shook his finger like I do when I fuck up in the garage. Oh, he did, didn't he? He he pinched his fucking finger. Oh, that wouldn't happen today. He's got the fucking net. Yeah, yeah, fucking net. By the way, I go and see Guns N' Roses at Kauffman Stadium. Mm. And they got the fucking net up. I was really hoping they would have taken the net down. Wait a second. I had to stare through this fucking net. Yes. What the fuck? Uh Uh-huh. What the fuck? What are we? It's like that meme. What are we even doing? It's like, you know, you would think for the price of these tickets and whatnot that somebody at the stadium could take, take a couple ends of the net down and fucking just put it back up whenever the Royals play again. I I can't imagine it's a difficult thing to put the net up. You wouldn't think so. Just it's got to be tied at one end, tied at the other. Just take at a major league ballpark. Larry Parrish still uh, upset again with the the ump. 
Larry's upset that he didn't get the chance to beat that man's ass. Now he heads back to the dugout uh, where he'll have some excuse to go back to the clubhouse so he can jerk off and get get uh, get all that rope out of his system. He's going to go into the shower after the game, and him and Pete will be back-to-back mutually masturbating in the shower. A Pete and Cavillia? Absolutely, yep. Mm, okay. Pete Income Philia. Yes, yes. Uh, Phil, uh, no, we got Pete O'Brien. That, that would have worked if it's Phil O'Brien. It's close, but we'll work on it. 5-2 for the Yanks, down to those goddamn Rangers. Broke his bat on that one. That'll end the inning. You know, Billy used to be the manager of the Rangers. Did he really? Yeah, 70s, Rangers, 80s. Rangers pick up three. Uh, it's five to two going into the top of the sixth. The Rangers and, were pretty uh, pretty much shit until no one came along, as we discussed last week. That's right. Yep. We got Mattingly coming up second this inning. So uh, maybe something fun will happen here, but um, maybe not. Gary Ward, a Gary large Ward. man. Yeah, big dude. Uh, not very tall. Maybe maybe six one, six two, but definitely almost two 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 thirty two forty based on what I, what I'm seeing in there. And that's the tail of the tape, monsoon. I don't feel comfortable judging anybody's height with these shenanigan cameras at Arlington Stadium. It's it's very odd. Everybody either looks very tall or very short. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dale Long, hear that? Mm-hmm. Dale Long called WPIX in New York to send along his congratulations to Don Mattingly. What a a class act that Dale Long is. And do you know how Donnie responded? How's that? I read this in in some of my research. Um, He he was a bit embarrassed to admit that he knew nothing of Dale Long or who the fuck he was. So thank you, Dale, for calling. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Why do you say that out loud? The fuck is wrong with you? He said, oh, I was a little embarrassed to say, but I didn't really know much about him. You didn't have to, Don. Could have just said thank you. Appreciate Jesus. it. Um, I'll send you part of my mustache. Sniff it. Eat it. Uh. Donnie's got a chaw in, doesn't he? Yeah, I think it's it's more the norm than it is the like it's 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 more the rule than the exception. I would imagine at this point, I think most of these guys are probably mm-hmm. doing doing it. Have you ever cheated? But yeah, he's got he's got a nice nice. I I would imagine that it's not even dip. I think that's probably a uh, a snuff in there. Oh, I'm sure it's that like you know they got the fucking tobacco with bubble gum wrapped around it. Bullshit. They got all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff going mm-hmm. on. Like Terry Francona did that. Um. Have you ever? Did you ever chew? Have you ever partaked? No, no, no. It's a, no. It's a disgusting habit. I did for a while back in my younger years, and I would go with the like the the skulls, but the that leaf tobacco shit these guys got, man. Oh God! I, I did the beach nut for a while. It's uh, you know, it's fun to sit there and um, you know, spit on people and shit. But uh, you know, whenever you got a fight those perverts off from your house and they're stalking your wife with their cameras and who we got base hit Donnie baseball 
Duke Temple spitting on your fucking your out of the walking out of the shower spitting on your shoes. Who? Duke Temple. Who's Duke Temple? Uh, former uh, former manager of the Cleveland Indians. I have no idea who that is. Uh-huh. Are you talking about Luke Brown? Are we talking Major League? Did you say? Why Duke? did I think? Of, who the I fuck is Duke was... Temple? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Duke Temple. You're watching some NCAA game? No. Tell me it's not a computer. You had a fucking no. little one and a zero because Duke and Temple played in the NCAA tournament like in 94 or something. And it just all went haywire. No, uh, Duke Temple, believe it or not, was uh, one of the coaches on the team. It was not Lou Brown. I'm such an idiot. Oh, my God. You um, got one of the coaches? Yeah, he's the first base coach, Duke Temple. That is right. He does call him Duke. Hey, Duke. Yeah. Yeah. Why did I? Uh, I'm over here Googling shit to try to make jokes because I know the jokes that I want to make. And then I type in <laughs> I type in Major League Coach and it's the first one I see. Doesn't sound quite right to me, but I'm like, yeah, that's it. Say Duke Temple and he'll get it. <laughs> nope. It's fucking Lou Brown. I've seen the movie probably no less than 20 times. And yet that's, that's where we landed uh, this evening. So... Go no further for your intellectual honesty, folks. I'm, if I get called out on something, I'm going to own that shit. And that's why you are who you are. Keep your eyes well, out for the Duke Temple. Yet another double play to end the inning, going to the bottom of the sixth. Duke Temple gear coming to you soon. <laughs> yeah, add it to the note right now, right fucking now. Duke Temple uh, uh, Indians uniform shirt. Duke Temple and Rizzuto KY to do. (laughs) Rizzuto KY. Perfect. Holy cow, KY. Or just a a, a double fists with the pinkies out. Across the the knuckles, it says, holy cow. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That's a good one. Fuck it. That's how the sausage is made, people. Yep. You'll be wearing one of our shirts sooner than later. Pete and Caviglia standing in. We got to get Pete in some shirts. The Incavilia collection. They all come with fucking stains on them. Might put another run up there for the Rangers. They might, he might not. Who knows? That's high and inside for ball one. Pete struck Pete out a struck- lot. 110 strikeouts on the year so far. We're only uh, 90 games into the season. So he's striking out a clip of more than one a game. 5-2 to two Rangers. Ugh. You got to wonder what these fellas, Billy and uh, Scooter, went out to do after the ball game tonight. Well, we know what Philly's doing. Are you kidding me? Well, yeah. Cora's, Cora, Cora ordered a Cora, Cora ordered a metric fuck ton of KY jelly, but it's, and it's sitting in their basement, and she's going down to fill up her personal bottle for the bedside table. But but Cora's not out on the road with him though. They're in Texas. He's he's in the hotel. Is Cora traveling? Mm, mm. 
Mm. I feel like Scoot likes to leave that stuff for the home, and then the whores yeah. are on the road. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. What do you think a Texas whore was like in 1987 in Arlington? What what's the the top of the the top of the food chain amongst Texas whores in Arlington in 1987? Mm. I think you'd have to look at like a television show like Dallas, something like that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Pam Ewing. Mm. All right. I mean that. I wouldn't be mad at that. That's all right. No, a lot of hair. Fun. A lot of Aquanet going on. Yep. Yep. A lot yeah. of that. A lot of ass. A lot of tits. Um, you know, it's it's Texas. What kind of what kind of perfume is she wearing? Mm. Is it White Diamonds by Elizabeth Taylor? Because that's that's where I go. Is I, I remember the old old ads, mm-hmm. and I go, I wonder what that smells like. Mm-hmm. And my mom once said to me, like a whore. That's what it smells like. I like white diamonds. <laughs> yeah, well, you like whores. My aunt Shirley Allegedly. wore white diamonds. Say again. I said my aunt Shirley wore white diamonds. Was your aunt Shirley a whore? She had a good time, I think. Oh, okay. Well, if if aunt Shirley, if you're listening, I, I don't know anything year. about you. I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah, it's all right. She's dead. If you ever want to talk about it, I'm here. Thank you. Appreciate that. And I'd like yep. to share it with all our, our listeners in Denmark and Austria and Germany and all those other places. Yeah, yeah. shout out to uh, uh, our, our listener in Vienna, uh, mm-hmm. our fans in Germany, our fans in Ireland. Welcome welcome to the show, and thanks for being here. Aaron Gobrach. Uh, yeah, right. whatever. I, I, I hope I didn't I'm, offend him. I'm sorry. Brock, Brock Lesnar is a, a former professional wrestler mm-hmm. and MMA star. That's all I know about a Brock. And Fit Finley loves to fight. Yeah. Uh, on the way to the ballpark on July 17, July 18th, 1987, uh, if you were listening to uh, Top 40 Radio, you might have heard, I don't know, Rhythm's Gonna Get You by Gloria Stefan and the Miami Sound Machine. Mm-hmm. Or potentially, if you're Phil Rizzuto, I Want Your Sex by George Michael. Uh, Something So Strong from Crowded House, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For by U2. That's Larry Parrish's favorite song. (laughs) Uh, Pseudo Echo and Funky Town at number six this week. Point of No Return by Expose at number five. Mm -hmm. Don't Disturb This Groove by The System. I don't even know what that song is. Uh, was number four. Number three, uh, uh, a song that I believe you sent me one day last week. I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. Ah, yes. Uh, Shakedown from Beverly Hills Cop by mm-hmm. Bob Seger. Uh, the, you know what I'm talking about. And then yep. uh, number one song in the country for 10 straight weeks this week is Alone by Heart, the oh, Wilson sisters. Yes, they, those ladies were out there having some sex. Uh, this album cover is a real thing, man. Mm. Holy cow. I know. Is it the whole band? Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly yep. the one you're talking about. Yep. Blonde, then two brunettes, and then two uh, blonde and a redhead at the bottom. All she yep. wants to do is make love to you. That's it. That song is about her fucking another man because she wants a child, and her husband cannot give her one. There's a bass hit. And she tells herself Come. that's okay, and she's good with that. And it's fine mm-hmm. because she wants a child. How do you think he felt about that, Gabe? I would assume that he had a total eclipse of the heart. Yep. 
Jeff Russell. Ah, Pagli Rulo. Dude, I could have swore I just heard him say Hulk Hogan throwing in the bullpen. <laughs> so I I heard Hulk Hogan do, and I went, what? <laughs> okay, thank you. I just want, um, I guess, uh, another strike another one on the board for the simulation. Well, sure, yeah, but you know what it is? It's not even the simulation. It's the fact that we are who we are. Uh-huh. And that if we hear anything that even remotely resounds like, Hogan. That's what we hear. And I got to look now to see if we got a, a Hogan on the roster here. Follow right. two strikes on Pagley Rulo. Pags. Pags, I think, I believe in 87. I think this is his big. Look at that. Oh, no double, but not wow. the first the second. You know, I was thinking about this as we've been watching, and I think you mentioned something about it earlier, but it's like. These guys actually want to win a baseball game. Yeah. Yeah. All of them. Hey, they're playing for their jobs out there. It's a pretty pretty significant difference between this and, I don't know, the last 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, it's across the board, man. All sports. It's... I mean, like, when you get to a certain <laughs> level of wealth, what what really matters? Exactly. I think that's... I think that's it. I mean, that and just the general shift in, you know, the makeup of a human being. Like this human being. I wonder what, uh, how Mark Salas's fingers are. Probably broken, crooked, and stinky. <laughs> well, uh, the first two I can attest to. The third, I'm not so sure, but we should ask Cora Rizzuto. <laughs> It's going to say similar to how Cora's fingers are stinky. That's two outs to the oh. runner advance. No. Oh. no, indeed. Brower flat-backed into the ball there. <laughs> Listen, Billy Martin, uh, fucking dickhead. Ah, uh, you know, fucking Joe DiMaggio would have got pissed. He's rolling over. Oh, I guess he's not dead yet, but. He's he tried now. to make an easy catch look like a difficult play. He would have said, fuck it. He said, fuck that hot dog. He's a fucking bitch. <laughs> Paul Zavella in 0 for 2 on the day. Paul Zavella cut much from the same cloth of Mr. Wayne Tolleson. Yeah, just no glasses. Uh, exactly. he, and, uh, he and Tolleson sharing uh, middle infield duties. Mm-hmm. He's the uh, simulations Tolleson minus the glasses. Correct. He, he's the one we thought was Tolleson earlier, but realized uh-huh. it wasn't when he uh-huh. uh, lost his hat. Oh, there's that Japan Fly Delta sign. You see it? Oh, my gosh. It's got a geisha. Oh, it's a beautiful. Oh, man. With the Rangers logo, too, by the way. Some, some amazing. I imagine Dallas was probably a Delta hub at the time. I think it's an American hub now. I mean, yeah, you got DFW, you got uh, Love, you know, DFW. Oh, Love, yeah, yeah, Bush. Bush is close too, right? Bush is Houston, I believe. Oh, Houston. Well, everything's close down there. It's fine. Oh, God. Billy's going to light him up. Get him. You ought to strap a little mustard on him. That was a hot dog play. There it is. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, God, I, you're right. Yeah. This guy's right. just a racist dickhead. Mm-hmm. See, the the brewer before, you know, oh, Joe DiMaggio would have taken two steps. This guy, he's a fucking hot dog. I don't know. Hey, talk to Reggie Jackson, okay? He'll tell you we'll what you We'll get him on the know. show. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Let's call his people. I I know I know a couple guys that know some of Reggie's people in Oakland and New York, so I'll I'll work on that. Good, good. We can. It, it uh, my, it's something it to look not, forward to. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's there's thousands of Reggie Jacksons in New York. I can get one of them. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while I was taking a drink, Blake decided to make a funny joke. Got it all over myself. Uh, Blue, Blue Jays uh, up on the Twins, seven to four in the eighth. Yep, and that's a strikeout, and Ooh. we uh, head to the bottom of the seventh. Rangers five, Yankees two. Guzman is dealing on the mound. Not to be confused Jared with Brown Juan. leading off. I thought Pesky was in Boston. Boston is Pesky. The pesky Look at that bulge. Jesus the pe- Christ. The Pesky pole. You know, I've noticed that, and I didn't want to say anything, but I guess you... I'll, I'll, I will confirm it, okay? I'll do that, I guess. But, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. That's got to be a cup, right? I mean, let's ask uh, Billy Martin what he thinks. Looks like he's got a fucking hot dog shoved down his goddamn pants. Put some mustard on it. Put, put, hey, hey, Scoot, how about we put some mustard on that hot dog and Cora can go over there and take a fucking bite of it. What do you think about that, you fucking asshole? I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I, I don't appreciate you using my <laughs> wife's name that way. <laughs> we got a tough guy over here, Bill. <laughs> He's got to get it up a little higher. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Good you know, God, was, uh, man. You know, Phil Rizzuto's got a, a platinum record to his name. I did not know that. You do. You do. You just don't remember. Oh, okay. Uh, one Marvin Lee a day in 1978 recorded a classic uh, eight and a half minute song. Called Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Oh. You might know him as Meatloaf. Ah, yes. Marvin, yes. Marvin Loaf. Mm-hmm. Marvin Lee Loaf. Uh, yeah, about three and a half minutes in that song, we get about uh, two minutes oh. of Phil Rizzuto calling a. Hey, uh, That's right. <laughs> an inside the park home run. That's right. I. Uh... I I know exactly what you're talking about now. I believe uh, I believe Meatloaf. Did he sing? I thought he sang the national anthem at perhaps the 1994 All-Star Game. One of the All-Star Games, I think. You know, if it was 94, it's something we should get our hands on at some point. Yeah, that could have been the whole thing. Maybe maybe Mr. Loaf being there and Mr. Rizzuto was there and it in some sort of space-time continuum rip happened based off of his song. I don't know. Let's see. Meatloaf for dinner. No. Uh, 
Meatloaf MLB All-Star game. Let's see what we get. Twenty-eight years ago, Grammy Award-winning singer Meatloaf sang an awe-inspiring rendition of the Star-Spangled Banner. The performance left many baseball fans speechless. The 65th All-Star Game was held at Three Rivers Stadium in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. on July 12th, 1994. Boom! Just more kismet lining up in 1994. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Rizzuto actually recorded his piece for the song. Uh, it wasn't pulled from a game or anything like that. And he had to, uh, after he died, Meatloaf did a couple of uh, interviews talking about it and said at the time he needed to cover uh, with his his pastors uh, or uh, what are they called in the Catholic Church? Priests. Uh, to not knowing what the song was about. Okay. Yep. So, um, uh, well, um, you know who else had a pastor? Who's that? Mr. Belvedere. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Boy, hey, I didn't feel Rizzuto baseball card. I remember that. Do you really? It's the patch card. Yeah, it's... I've never had one. Nope. Yeah, we got our we got our uh, kisser of the week up to bat oh, now. Yeah. It's uh, Wayne Tolleson back in the box. Oh, whiskey tango. Also, I also remembered when I uh, remembered that I had the Phil Rizzuto card. How fucking disappointed I was that my hit was a Phil Rizzuto card. I really wanted like an autograph. I don't know Ricky Henderson or something. How what, you, you had him in a break? No, it was like a. This is like 2005. This is like the first. Oh. Yeah, this is like the first. Uh, you know, expensive box I ever bought in my life. Was it like Upper Deck or something? It was a fucking. I don't know. Uh, hmm. I can't even remember now. Two strikes on Tolleson. Takes that. I never had Cal Ripken Jr. in outside. the box. But that's about it. Sixth largest cloud crowd in Ranger history. Today. Wow. All of them. Two and two. Billy Rotten's a sucks. real dick. Yeah, he's an asshole, man. Glad that guy's dead. Fuck him. Right out of the white shirts, he says. Take the mat down. What the fuck? You know, who'd have thought that Phil Rizzuto had a dark room in his basement? I never would have imagined that the man was uh, an amateur photographer. He's an enthusiast. Yeah. Yeah. Inky. And good for him. Like, look, I, I feel like... Maybe that's a t-shirt. Phil Rizzuto's photography, something, something, you know, 24-hour delivery. Something about a dark room and his asshole. (laughs) We could work something in there, probably. 
like Cora did. <laughs> My Cora really knows how to use a finger. I know that. A Cora, Cora, Cora. Right, Cora. <laughs> That's. Did we ever figure out the first base coach? We thought it was a uh, Stumpy, right? Yeah, I guess we decided he was, but we couldn't really confirm it because of the camera tricks of the shenanigans of the the way they're shooting folks in Arlington. Much like JFK. Yeah. God damn it. Leave I'm an sorry. opening. I, yeah, I, I know, I couldn't, man. Fuck. <laughs> I couldn't let somebody else steal that. <laughs> Gary Ward takes strike one. I fucking went into business for myself. I apologize. <laughs> I didn't protect your neck, and I you're you're bleeding. It's fine. How is that not a balk? Jesus Christ! They never call box in Major League Baseball until they throw up a fucking uh, pitching timer. Now people balk three times a game. The, that looked like a balk there because he Tagging didn't up. come set. Sit down, Gary. Old Donnie Baseball back up the bat. Two for three with a home run and a single on the game. D Mizzle. Home plate umpire Ted Hendry clearing the plate off. It's not something I even looked up when we were talking about it earlier. I got to see what Dale look, looks like. Dale Long? Yep. Let's see. Ah. Oh, he's Richard bringing in the... Dale Long was an American first baseman in Major League Baseball for the Pittsburgh Pirates, St. Louis Browns, Chicago oh. Cubs, San Francisco Giants, New York Yankees, Washington Senators. Between 1951 and 1963, he was 6'4 and 205. So not just a clever name. Richard Dale. Oh, long. Got it. He's 6'4, okay. yeah. Yeah, all right. Long and strong like the hose. We got Mitch Wild Thing Williams in the game here, Gabe. About ready to blow the World Series in six years for the Phillies. <laughs> High and outside. That's a ball. I think we'll see Mitch again on the whole ball game. I can't imagine not seeing him again. But yeah, Dale Long is a, a big-nosed human being. Oh, okay. A lot of nose on this one. Like big nose, Kate? Precisely. Ooh. Oop. Oh, we got somebody in the dugout get action? Uh, it, Win, Winfie, it missed him by about that much. Ooh. Winfield just... It did Lou. 
<laughs> oh my god, is Lou okay? I gotta tell you, he's one of Cora's favorites. <laughs> oh, inside. Yeah. Billy discussing the positioning of the first baseman with two strikes in this situation. Wondering why Valentine wouldn't be doing something differently. He's obviously got a problem with Bobby as well. Donnie's having a hard time getting around on Mitch's fastball. He really is. I it, when he when he got brushed back a few pitches ago, he rolled his sleeves up as if to say, "Look at my arms, motherfucker. Try that again." I'm from Indiana, bitch. And not Northwest Indiana like those <laughs> other pussies. They don't even have football teams up there. Oh, oh. Oh. oh, see, he went breaking ball on his ass. Yep. Up against oh. the wall. Just barely missed it on that Put one. Put some mustard on that one, Billy. <laughs> oh, we got Ruben Sierra leading off next inning, followed by our pal Larry mm. Parrish. How bad did that catch piss off Billy Martin? They got off the air. Fuck! He just says. <laughs> Hits his button. <laughs> That motherfucker. Oh, fourth largest now. I I appreciate. You say Huckleberry? He did. He called people Huckleberries. That's right. Jesus Christ. Corin, I used to drive around in a buggy. Rusty. <laughs> Wait, is Ruben Sierra a, pit, uh, a, a switch hitter? He is, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I could have swore. That home run he hit, he hit from the other side. Yep, yep. Yeah, he's a switch hitter. I feel like his stance looks much different on the right-hand side. Feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Like maybe like he's it's... not as comfortable from the right. Or perhaps not from the left. Everything you own in a box to the left. It's a little Beyonce on the whole ball game. I'm glad you were here to clarify. I just wanted everybody to know. Mm. Phil Rizzuto is still going on and on about people wear not wearing gloves when they're fielding in the odd field. He's been talking about it for three <laughs> batters. <laughs> the late 1870s. He's giving the history of fielding gloves and how they yes. came to be. Ruben Ru Sierra sits no. down, and here comes our old pal Larry Parrish strutting his Man. way. Well, no. Stalking look, his God, way. God, look at him. He Unbelievable. is lumbering to the plate. You know, lumbering is the best way to say it. You know, Larry Parrish is the kind of guy who's... He, he, he comes home from a road trip, and he walks into the kitchen, and his wife's doing the dishes, right? And she's doing the dishes real passive-aggressive-like. So, like, she's, like, rubbing the stains off the shit real hard <laughs> and she's not 
she's not saying anything to him, right? And and he walks in, hey, honey, good to see you. Kisses her on the neck, smacks her on the butt, goes into the fridge, grabs a beer. She still hasn't said shit. He's been on the road for seven days. <laughs> so he opens his beer, opens his Miller Lite, and she says to him, she says, you're going to get a glass for that? <laughs> and he says, oh, sure I will. Is something wrong? And she stops doing the dishes. She turns to him and she says, you left the laundry in the basement. And so every time I needed something, I had to walk down 17 stairs and walk back up 17 stairs because you know I can't carry the laundry basket up those stairs because of my back, Larry. And then she went to bed and he had a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> and he puts the plate in the sink. And as it clanks against the, the sink, he says, guess I'll never do that again. Yeah, uh, uh, he just struck out as well. Fucking loser. Fucking you're a, loser. You're a loser, Larry. You're a fucking loser. Enjoy your beer and peanut butter, you fuck. You peanut butter dick. I think we forgot the part where he jerked off before he went to bed. You have to Shot do that. Shot some rope. Otherwise, you're not, he called his brother Robert and said, hey, it's what the, beat this. It's what the parishes do. Oh, Pete O'Brien oh. singles to uh, to right, uh, trying for two. And I get two out of that. He's in there. Yep. Pete sliding hard like badass Billy Gunn into a ring. It's all right. Mm-hmm. He's an ass man. He had a good slide. Pete O'Brien also an ass man. Oh, yeah. Cowboys mm-hmm. butts. All that nuts. I often got Larry and Lance Parrish, confu- Parrish confused. Are you familiar with Lance, former Detroit Tiger catcher, Phillies, other teams? So, honestly, up to this point, I think I thought that Larry was Lance. Yep, that's an honest Because mistake. now that you say Lance Parrish, yeah. that's the card that I remember having is Lance. Uh-huh. I don't know that Larry even has a card. We got to look that well, up. No, Larry's a, he's a Texas Ranger legend. Um, but... I, too, always thought that, uh, yeah, I only thought Lance was the only parish, and then I discovered Larry, and he was another person. But, you know, whole simulation thing, I guess, ruse its head again. Let me tell you something. You look up uh, Larry's 1978 Topps Expos card. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You want to look at a fucking push broom. This puts Don Mattingly's face to shame. American former baseball player. Uh Oh, Oh, come on, Ricky. Scores one more. It is six to two Rangers. O'Brien scores. Oh, yeah. Larry was quite the bearded man in Montreal. He was. It's interesting, right? The, The way that he shoots rope being in Montreal and then Arlington. I mean, I safe to say coast to coast. Whores everywhere. You th- 
There's a reason his wife is passive aggressive when he comes home from the road. Look, the only man that had more horrors from Montreal to Arlington was Andre the Giant. Anybody want the peanut? <laughs> Mrs. Hello, Parrish. pretty lady. We lost Andre too soon. <laughs> I don't think he'd say so. I think he was happy to go. I would disagree, boss. You know, um, I shit myself. I'm uh, next year. I'll be Andre the Giant, Death Age. Oh fuck off! Yeah. Okay, so maybe we did lose him too soon. Jeez, <laughs> I didn't realize he was forty-four. Three. Oh, sorry. No, give me. You gave me one more year, Dick. <laughs> I think he was forty-three. Pretty sure. Uh, sweet Lou on his way to the mound. Taking a sweet time. Yeah, you don't give a shit. He's down by four. I'll fuck her now or I'll fuck her later. It don't matter. I gotta t- I gotta tell you something. I don't think we're gonna win this game. I'm gonna take you take care of your arm. I'm gonna bring in this uh this uh can of I don't even know who the fuck. We're gonna bring is. in uh, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Participating advertisers in New York Yankees baseball is Budweiser. This month's for you. Pepsi, the choice of a new generation. The New York Daily News, New York's hometown paper, and John Edison, the new energy of New York. Got Bouchelle back. Thank you, Scoot. Also a sponsor this year, my wife Cora's Pinky Finger. <laughs> I can't wait to tell my wife about the 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 finger in the asshole shtick that we went on for fifteen minutes. Oh, I've already done it. Mm. I believe my exact words were. Gabe did 15 on Phil Rizzuto's wife putting her finger in his ass, and it was inspiring. Wait, what was inspiring? The 15 minutes or the finger in the ass? All of it. It all went together. It's a holistic experience. Exactly. A holistic experience or a holistic experience? Exactly. Yeah. He's talking about the fucking gloves! They're talking about the fucking They're construction of the gloves. See, at least we know that <laughs> if he's going to have a finger in his ass, he's going to talk about it for 15 minutes. So there's that. Oh, uh, Bouchelle uh, knocks in one more, and it is seven to two <laughs> Rangers. Like, we got this ball game going on, and then all of a sudden, and they do a very good construction of the gloves. And it's like, fuck. Amazing. He was going on and on about how it was uh, considered a wussy thing to wear a glove when you were out in the the field. Sure, yeah. Well, like, same thing in hockey, you know. When those bitches started wearing helmets, football, you know, it's just a progressive deal. It eventually just all comes back around to our just complete demise. That's, That's how the progression ends, right? 
Well, look, a, man, it's all ones and zeros. There's only so many patterns. Because it's a circle, and so if right. it starts, then it's going to end before it starts again. Like a snake eating its own tail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like a hose draining its own hose. You can do it, but it's a damn shame. It's like Tom Hanky having a dream about choking on his own cock. The weight of it holding yeah. him down. Collapsed. Yeah lungs because really i think more, it's more about you know a power thing he's 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 struggling with the power in his own life suffocating him well i think it's a good thing that he has a, a deep faith in jesus christ as we learned last week to get him through those dark times i'm sure he'll be fine <laughs> no problems and you have faith so saith the Lord. So saith George Michael. <laughs> I guess it would be nice. <laughs> yeah, if I could. Just... No, you're not going to get me. I'm not going to do that. Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> 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 uh, not today. Uh, bottom of eight, seven, two Rangers heading into the night. Well, let's see if they can pull it off. All we need well, is a we grand know Larry slam. Paris is pulling it off. Pulling off. Oh, yeah. Pulling off his cock. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You don't. Yeah, that didn't make sense. I'll table that one. Henry Cotto oh, in the okay. ball game, pinch hitting. You know, that 275 average would make him probably like in the top 10 in batting average today. Here he's a fucking a sad pinch hitter. state of affairs. Grabs his crotch. That's right. Ooh. Sniffs it. Sniffs it deep. Ooh, watches that first one ring right by him. Doesn't stand a chance against this guy. He way too much heat. This guy's Henry Cotto's bat looks like it's about sixty eight inches long. (laughs) I think it's because Henry Cotto is five foot six. He's got a goddamn broomstick in his hand. He also has a batting stance like like an eight-year-old (laughs) T-baller that has to piss. Like, I I don't understand what he's doing. He's got his bat, like, up above his shoulder, and his face is Uh hidden behind his arm. Like, he's afraid to get hit in the face with the ball. Yeah, yeah. What a dick. Uh, Yeah, that is uh, King Griffey Jr. He is not. (laughs) On top of everything else, his uniform doesn't fit right, so he's got this pouch in the front of his <laughs> uniform he honest to god it looks like his mother dressed him you Fuck. can like his the crack of his ass is very prominent in the pants too his, it is he has his butt is. out he, uh, although he does it. walk here yeah guess it worked never can Henry Cotto looking that going up Any publication. We do have the express written consent of Major League Baseball, right? Uh, Billy Barton told me it was okay when he talked to me last night in my sleep. Okay. Did he tell you how lazy you were, too? He did. He 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 called. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, he said I was a fucking piece of shit. 
you know, told me Henry, that I ought to go down to the winter and play some fucking Puerto Rican ball. Henry Cotto could have been the kisser of the week. You should look this guy up. I don't think he showed up on the uh, the roster for the game before the game for you, but like he, ooh. I didn't know Henry Cotto existed till yeah, that. No, me that. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, I remember his baseball card now. What a pervert! Yeah, that handlebar that, mustache. That mustache needs to be examined by the authorities. Uh, look at his 1990 upper deck card, okay? 90 upper deck, okay. It looks like somebody took a black marker and just drew a mustache over his mouth. It's so fucking thick. Except right there in the middle. <laughs> he looks very amused as well. Look at the fucking mesh hat he has on. I know, yeah, the, like the trucker hat. I was about to say. <laughs> that old Seattle Mariners logo on his hat. It it's terrible. Mike, it's just a yellow S. <laughs> you know, it's like three dimensional. Yeah, I suppose well, so. It makes even more sense why the fucking 93 hats and the teal and all that shit took off, right? No question. Still, man, this is a, it might be the best logo in the history of baseball. Which one? The the TLS. You think so? I Look, I it, it's a loaded question, right? I mean, I really like... I like the elephant in Oakland. I like, uh, I like the, uh, uh, I don't know what they call him, the little red, uh, little reds guy. I like him, Mister Redlegs. Uh, yep. Uh, anything that incorporates a, a mascot, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Billy Fanatic. But like, from a classic perspective, from from longevity. Uh, I I don't know. I it's I, I'd be hard pressed to find one that's better. All right, teach to each their own. Where are you at on that? I. It's a hard question. I don't know. I guess you. I I would hate to do it, but you probably have to give it to the Yankees, don't you? Are we talking artistic or what are we yes. talking? I guess I'm talking about like beautiful. Oh, right. Okay. Like I'm not talking about like. Iconic. All right. Let me think. I mean, like, I really like the, the Brewer's Glove, too. That is a good one, yeah. I like that fucking pervert in San Diego, the friar. He yeah. worked like the monk. You know, he's 100%. lifting he's lifting that thing up and showing everybody his dick. Oh, no, he's totally a pervert. Yeah, I mean, it's like him, that, the, the, the elephant, the the Red Sox, or the, uh, the Reds guy, um... I mean, and this might be controversial, controversial, but you know, Chief Wahoo. Oh, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I know it's loaded, but it's I'm fine with so Chief Wahoo. Cool, that's fine. Um, what about? Um, are you familiar with Chief Nakahoma? I am not. You're gonna get familiar with him one day on this show. It's gonna be my mission, and. We're going to take a journey down to Atlanta one time. 
Aha. I am familiar with. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I need you with <laughs> with the chanting. Yeah. Lou Pinella is losing his shit here. Uh, Lou Pinella is always a moment away from losing his shit. I wonder if he slaps Tolleson at the end of the game. You know, Wayne, you went two for three, but fuck you, buddy. You're a bitch. Hey, look, look, I appreciate that you went into the game and you played the game. But you played the game with those fucking glasses on again, you stupid fuck. Oh, I'm sorry, boss. Maybe if he couldn't have kicked Tollison's ass, he wouldn't have stepped to Dibble. I imagine uh, Wayne's mother would call Lou and read him the right act. She found out. For now, me. you touch my Jimmy Wayne again, I'm going to drive my ass up to New York. I'm going to fuck you up, pal. And Oop. I don't use that kind of language in my household, but you don't touch my boy. Who the fuck's calling me from this Western Carolina area code? <laughs> well we've advanced the runners to second and third we got two outs in the top of the ninth inning and the yankees are doing their best to try to rally and tie this game walking up to the plate at this point is uh our old pal from behind the plate hope his fingers feel a little better it all rides on mark salas 0 for 3 on the night and looking like 65 pounds of shit in a 10-pound bag. Do you think anybody or, or any of his teammates ever called him Mark Salad? Mark eat a salad? Something, yeah, you know. I'm yeah, sure maybe, hey, Mark, maybe, maybe you could eat a salad next time. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe... Go to the salad bar at Ponderosa the next time you go. Oh, he's definitely going to Ponderosa. Mm -hmm. Pondo combo. We got Winfield on deck if they get the bases juiced. I don't know. I think uh, Salas drank all the juice in the clubhouse. It was fruit punch. Punch. Eh, yeah. I hear the fruit punch in Arlington's great in uh, July. I mean, refreshing. And 91 degrees at like 9.30. Hot, hot, lady, hot. Bring me a bowl of fruit punch, please. Go Wesley. to Arlington. Wesley, do bring me my fruit punch flavored KY jellies. Mark Salas strikes out. I was mistaken. There were... There's one out, not two. So it all rides on Dave Winfield, which is a better place to live. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I think I'd rather have Winfield up there than Salad. <laughs> salad. Tall drink of water, Dave Winfield. Long and strong, man. 20 home runs on the year. Another one of the big free agent New York Yankee signees. Where was he before, Toronto? No, he ends up in Toronto in the early 90s. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, with those good teams. Yep. 
Yeah, he was out in San Diego, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, what, uh, yeah, seven he, years prior, he's the one that ran yeah. after Nolan. Yeah. And this will end the ball game. That's a can of corn. And the Rangers beat the Yankees 7-2, to two, but history was made. No hot dog in there, my Mr. Brower, on the last out. Look at that man shuffle off. Look at Stump shuffle. You see him shuffle? I did. There was some shuffling uh, off the field there. <laughs> I, got a, my, I ran out of chow in the middle of seventh inning, and I need to get some more out of the clubhouse. Look at these men congratulating each other. They earned it. A hard-played game, if nothing else. And and our old boy, Phil Rusuto, talking about them congratulating each other. God. Such a personality. Oh, wow. Like it, it, we just don't have it anymore. He is shitty. They're they're all shitting on these men high fiving each other, basically. Good God. So we put this one to bed. This uh, nearly whole ball game is over. Uh, looks like uh, the next TV game on Mighty Picks is uh, Yankees Twins this coming Tuesday at 8 p.m. So uh, you got to wait three days for another uh, Phil Rizzuto fix. I wonder how many pinkies he gets in the ass. Don Carney directed that, by the way. He sure did. This oh, is this, music. this theme music is fantastic. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like a blooper reel. Executive producer Don Carney brings you <laughs> New York Yankees baseball <laughs> from Arlington, Texas. <laughs> yeah, it's circus <laughs> <music>. <laughs> yep, Absolutely. And well, we that got... does it for this round of the whole ball game. Uh, Blake, where are we headed next week? Oh, oh. Almost, uh, almost forgot. I'm so glad you asked, Gabe, because um, I hope we got all of our squeaky cleanness out of our system uh, this week with uh, Mr. Tolleson and Donnie Baseball, because it's going to get a little bit dirtier next week as we head back in time one year prior to this, and we visit the original bad boys of baseball themselves, the 1986 New York Mets. It's opening day. It's the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's Shea. It's it's the Mets. It's the Pirates. It's 1986. It's Daryl Doc, Mr. Keith Hernandez, Gary Carter, and Lenny Dykstra. So, in case you don't understand what that means, I will be collecting as many Seinfeld clips as possible before the show next week. So something have, to look forward to. I have Keith Hernandez. You're Keith Hernandez. Go for it. Exactly. All right. Well, that does it for us. Do me the favor of heading over to the website, uh, clicking links, doing shit, making it worth our while. www.theholeballgame.com. Follow us on Instagram at the whole ball game on Twitter at whole ball game. And uh, if you have any questions for your 
pals, Blake and Gabe, send us an email. The whole ball game at mail.com. Uh, and even if it's not a question, it would just tell us we're su- we suck. Uh-huh. We can we can read that shit, but expect it back both barrels. One in your mouth and one in your ass. As you do. Uh, that does it for us right here. We'll catch you next week with more The Whole Ball Game.